0: Since 1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. Getting a new vehicle can be stressful, but not at Lake Elsinore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. That's where surfers go inland to purchase their new and used vehicles. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave neon wave is an internationally local shop a concierge to the modern nomad they bring together carefully chosen surf fashion art and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best technicality creativity and sustainability their team is born from nature raised by the wave and nurtured by the culture they support this is neon wave we look forward to moving forward check them out at at earthpack.com. Just live. We believe a life is meant to be lived to its fullest potential. In order to do that, you need to feel at your best, both physically and mentally. We founded this community to share what we found as professional athletes that can help people of all walks of life. So, you can go out and do exactly what you're supposed to do, just live. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky
1: Podcast. Yeah. Woo! Our guest this week grew up in and on the water. Growing up having a family boat, life evolved around fishing. From scrubber, deckhand, the chef, captain, you've done it all. Yeah, With years of experience <laughs> in the restaurant industry and working for great chefs like Tim Johnson. Right? right yeah. Zuby Sushi? No, Zembu. Zembu.
2: Zembu is in La Jolla and then also they're at Cardiff on the Rhymes. I've heard of that. Seaside Markets right there.
1: Yeah. yeah. so. Well, it's to no surprise that this guy owns a restaurant now named after his dad's boat, Bear Flag. Yep. It's one of our favorite places to go eat and we highly recommend visiting one of their three locations. Maybe four coming soon. We don't know. We'll find out. Uh, we welcome Bear Flag Fish Co owner Thomas Toss Carsten to the show. Woo! What's up, guys? What's
2: yes. happening? Yes. We, we've been uh,
0: trying to make this happen for a long time. And yeah,
2: since the snap premiere, really. Was that it? Yeah, that's when what, it was started. Was that a year ago? Years, Over a, a year ago? Logan. Over a year. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, I mean, you know, obviously Logan's a good buddy of mine, and seeing you guys there and. You know, obviously right away you guys You know, hit me up Representing, you know Late Night at Chalk- Chalky, right? Late yep. Night with Chalky yep. Late Night with Chalky And so, who's Chalky? Right here, dude He's a chocolate aqua I, I got both of you guys on the text So, <laughs> yeah. you know, one's Chalky With two C's and one's Chalky with three C's so. <laughs> But no, I do appreciate you guys You know, freaking making
1: it happen yeah well we, we we love your restaurant we know you know it's a it's a it's a pillar in our community as far as like where the locals go yeah. we know it's set up for the tourist biz too because of where you're located but we just you know i love supporting you know local uh small businesses yeah, no, and, I and, and, that, huh? and yeah. we're big fans so yeah.
0: and the biggest thing that you know that ties us all together is surfing that's yeah, it 100%. you know we, we love talking about you know your, your our guest history in surfing and how it leads you to what you're doing today
2: yeah so so i mean all of, i'm just gonna start from kind of the beginning yeah, do the it beginning. where'd you grow up so i grew up in the newport heights area and you know my family was big into sailing so i had to sail as a young kid and do junior lifeguards is another thing but um you know, Blackie's was the spot. That, where, that so, was the first surf spot so for you? That was the first surf spot. You know, and I'd go down there with my Eric Aqua. you know, shortboard. No way. And and that know, was your first board. That was my first board. Yes. Eric so Akawa. Not, not, not a longboard. Yeah, you say it better than I yeah. do. Yeah. And so, you know, started surfing whitewash at Blackie's, you know, and then finally you get a, a real wave, you know, and you go down the line and you're like, oh, I got it. So so friends, how, how old were you? So I was probably five. No know, way. At the time, five, six years old. Who, super who, grown.
0: Who got in your surfing? Got you into surfing? Your dad or so, brother? Or?
2: So really, my mom would just drop me off at the beach. Kind of just, it was more of a friends thing. Like, you know, all your friends are surfing. Yeah. We, we had access to the beach and I was like... And, and Blackie's was one of those spots that, you know, you could get Blackie's really good or you could get Blackie's really shitty. Yeah. But it was always manageable. Like your parents could drop you off there and they're not going well, to yeah, about you.
1: Yeah. It's close. It's, yeah. Lifeguards, pure, whatever. But, yeah. the, you know, you got all the food right there. It's a good beach day.
2: So I used to do all my birthdays there. So from probably like, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. I'd do a birthday, I'd have all of my friends down. There'd be boogie boards, too, of course. Yeah. And surfboards. And so we'd hire a lifeguard, you know, which was a friend of ours, this guy, Nate Lumpkin, who <laughs> is a legend, but he's not alive anymore. Too bad. But the guy Rest was just peace. a badass. He's an Aussie guy, and just, you know, the coolest dude ever. And he actually was the one that, like, really got me, like, pushing me into waves and, like, getting me surfing. So and when you were
0: five... You got your first board as an Eric Arakala.
2: Yeah, so nose guard on it with a yellow <laughs> nose guard. I remember when I got, I got it at the Frog House. Sick. And, you know, it's like probably eat. not the board that I should have got for yeah. starting out surfing, but it's the board that I wanted. Yeah. And so my dad bought it for me, which was pretty cool. I got it for Christmas or something and you know it had the yellow nose guard on it and I, I honestly i wish it still had it yeah it had the tapered down nose which wasn't like a short board but like you know a little bit thicker and you know my friend had a fluorescent you know bright blue and pink board so we were just little little blacky rats yeah down there. five years and, old is
0: pretty young to start surfing
2: yeah yeah, I mean, but you have no idea what you're doing. You're just having a the Alita wetsuit on, you know, the, yeah. the custom made at the frog House House fit you, you know. And so, but the thing was, is that I grew up on boats. And so I was born into the water. Salt water. Yeah. So my dad actually was a boat builder. And so he built a boat at a shop in Costa Mesa. And he launched it in, what was it? like 1982 83 i was born in 79 so i was a little kid so i grew up free wakeboarding, doing all that kind of stuff as a kid over in catalina going down to baja and so i did i fell in love with baja that that is the one thing that i gotta say is like that place is magical yeah so we would take the boat down and we'd go up in the sea cortez and we'd, we'd be the only person around.
1: Wow, you had that range on that boat? Oh, yeah. I mean, it had
2: 3,800-gallon fuel tanks. Damn. And back in the day, when you built a boat to go to Baja, you built it so you didn't have to touch land, because there was no resources back in the day. Right? Like, yeah. It was like, hey, you're packing crates of lettuce, crates of, of whatever, you know. Yeah. How big was the boat? The boat is like a 70-foot cruiser. Oh, nice. The boat. Yeah, actually, the, there's a picture around it somewhere. I'll yeah. show it to you guys. And
0: your dad built
3: it.
2: So my dad built an aluminum setup for going to Mexico. My dad really wanted to go down and cruise Mexico. So I grew up doing that Which, as a young kid, which I fell in love with the saltwater right away. Yeah. I mean, like, being on a boat in the middle of nowhere is the best feeling there is. Yeah. Did
3: your dad surf? So well, my dad actually,
2: you know what, he didn't surf. He surfed a little bit, but he had bad eyes, so he had contact lenses. And so he wasn't really like a big surfer, but he had moved here from he lived on uh, Mercer Island in Washington. And his dad was an engineer. He, he went to MIT, majored in aeronautical engineering and he designed and manufactured the M16 machine gun in Costa Mesa. So what My dad grew up in like a, in a metal shop, wow. basically. But all his friends were surfers. So, I had a neighbor, and this is, like, you know, this is the kind of the life-changing and the surfing for me. So, I had a neighbor, his name was Pete Nickers, and he's not, like, he's not around anymore. He just passed away. And uh, he was a longboarder. And, for, like, he grew up on Lido Island, and he, they called him Knife. 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 He was a goofy footer. So, he had, like, a Volkswagen bus, and so when I was in, like, probably, like, fifth or sixth grade. He was he was your he lived, he lived down the street from me. So he lived in the alley right behind me. Like same address but one street over. So I'd walk down the alley. He had a brown VW bus and you know, I'd go get over there at like 4:30 in the morning. You know and he'd be rolling a joint in the garage. Back then like I didn't really know about like, you know, smoking weed or anything. He kind of kept that on the on the DL. I knew what he was doing.
3: Yeah but
2: anyway his garage was always open and my best friend lived right next to him so he was always fixing surfboards in his garage and you know he was really good friends with marshall i don't know if you know marshall who shaped longboards he's a big blackies guy but but so tanner prairie he was a mentor to marshall marshall was like the best longboard shaper back in the day so Pete was a really good friend of his and pete was the guy that like I was drawn to his garage was always open. He's always fixing things in his garage, so I learned how to fix surfboards really early in my life. Yeah, you know, and he would teach me how. Like, hey, that you got to make a bigger patch, make a smaller patch, make one more smaller patch, put the bigger one on, sand it, then smoke and kind of fade it in. Resin and catalyst, fade it in, and like. Which is a lot of work and detail. He, he was a plus. He knew. He knew how to pinstripe. Like he came from the old school days. Like, yeah, and he, he's a lot older though, right? So he he's was a, 78 when he died. He was born in 19, I think, 42. But he grew up on Lido Island. Okay. And so, anyway, his, but he's yeah, an adult when you were a. He was an adult. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm. I'm in fifth grade, and he, you know, he's probably in his 50s. Yeah. But he was all—he always had his garage open to me, you know. So I'd go in there and shoot the shit with him, and he was always just super cool. And there's always stuff going on. He had a son, John Omahondro, and you know, I don't know if you know RS. Yeah. But RS was best friends with his son, and so you know, he started that Aviso carbon fiber surfboard. I think it was wrong timing on on the carbon fiber surfboards. Yeah. But so they'd always be hanging out in the garage. So it was just like a cool place to hang out.
1: Yeah definitely like a sound sounds like a, a big surf community with yeah you know sure. all, yeah, well, he
2: was just he was a well-known goofy foot surfer and he had the stories that you never freaking heard before like I mean going and sitting in his garage was the best time of my whole life so yeah. originally shit
0: that you want to do in well, your future
2: shit that you want to hear yeah like, I mean <laughs> like you're a little kid you're on your Schwinn bicycle over there, you know, putting the kickstand up, going in his garage, hanging out. And so, anyway, he ended up, he he was uh, a drug smuggler back in the day.
3: <laughs> of course he was. was. And so, and knife? So, <laughs> so, knife was? Yeah.
2: His name was Pete Nickers. Yeah. Freaking Everybody at Blackies knows who he is. Yeah. Know. But well, his nickname is the Knife. Knife. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they call him, Knife. I yeah. don't know. So, anyway. I take it. He, he would tell me the freaking craziest stories that you've ever heard, you know? Yeah. And so what he would do was he would smuggle Volkswagen buses from Afghanistan with the gas tanks welded out filled with Keefe from Afghanistan, Afghan kiev, And he would travel with... Uh, uh, he was working for the Huey at the time. And so Whoa. so he was traveling with the head of the Huey's brother who... Wore a Hawaiian shirt and was traveling with another guy, and they pretended like they were gay, so nobody would mess with them. They weren't gay, but they put yeah. off the, the gay. That name. was their act. And so he was traveling with his family like he's on vacation, you know, but he's in Afghanistan. Like, wow. You know, and so they'd have like 16 buses that they're importing from basically Europe to bring up for all the hippies in California. And so. So is it. That's is a great cover. Ha- heroin? No. Keef. What is so that? Keef is like where you take the flower of the marijuana plant and all the green, like resin ball. So it was like kind of like hash. Basically, hash. Did you like, know what
0: that was? Have you ever heard of it? Yes. High, oh,
2: yeah. You have. High, hash. high grade hash. Okay. Yeah. So, but anyway. Afghanistan Keef. Yeah. So the thing was, is the guy had so many freaking stories. Like, I mean. Dude. You could sit in his garage for hours and listen to his stories. So. You know, long story short, he they would ship him to Veracruz, and then they would drive the buses up through the border. And so, the Huey guys left the papers in their bags, and when they were going through customs, they found all the shipping papers, and they were like, this is the story from him. I don't know if this is how it all went down, but they said, "Uh, you're here on vacation, but you have... You know, doing 15 papers that you're importing, you know, these Volkswagen buses to Veracruz. So anyway, they went home and they were like, dude, I think we got a problem. But Pete, being gringo, white boy, was like, okay, you, you got to go down and pick it up. So anyway, the whole story behind him was, was when he was in high school, he moved to Kauai. And... He moved to a place called Bacala. I don't know if you've heard of Bacala. Bacala. Yeah. That left hand. Yep. Point break. Love that place. And so he lived in a tree house there, and literally <laughs> moved there in the '60s. And then he has footage of him surfing Bacala's in the '60s, like the most insane footage. Oh, fuck. So he like you know, and he was a goofy footer, so that was regular for him. So like literally like some of the best nose riding I've ever seen in my whole life. Wow. And so he'd show me old 8 millimeter footage of it, you know, of back in the day. And so anyway, I got to become really good friends with the guy. Like, it, my my dad wasn't as close. My dad was more of like a army dad where, yeah. you know, handshakes only. Or this guy took me under his wing, you know. And so, anyway, he was the one that really got me into surfing. Yeah. That was when I was like, it all clicked. And so, I'd meet him at his house at 4.30, he be like, be here at 4.30 in the morning. You know, my wetsuit, my towel, freezing cold, walking through the alley. And then, you know, he'd be in his garage, Rick and rolling up a little joint, and we'd go down and check out Blackie's. And, you know, some days it was good. But did,
0: did he finish that story, though, the Veracruz
2: story? So, so, what happened was, is he went down to meet the, the load, and he, they were busted, so... He had a good, and he was his other buddy that went down with him was a Green Beret, like this gnarly guy from Vietnam who was like, dude, the force to be reckoned with, who grew up with him on Lido Island, too, who was like the craziest dude that he knew. So he kind of knew that there was something going down. And so he went down and met him, and there was a full-on buzz. So he went to jail in Veracruz, Mexico for 15 years. Fuck what off. And, and so he The knife
0: went to jail for 15 years.
2: In Mexico. Dang. And so so that's where the stories... That's when I was like, okay, dude, this guy's fucking... And he was two years older than my dad. My dad went to Harbor with him, but he was two years older than my dad. So I had an instant, like, attraction to him just because he was, like... He Gnarly. Was, he was OG. Like, he would yeah. tell me shit about... He, he didn't hold back. Yeah. Like,
0: so did his friend go to jail, too?
2: Oh, yeah. His friend went to jail, too. And so what he told me was, is like, so when you go to jail in Mexico, you gotta fight the biggest guy. Like, there's one guy that's the head of the jail, and like, when you go in, it's game on. Yeah. You gotta fight this guy. And so, his friend, who's Green Beret, was the guy in front of him who had to fight the head on to a dude, and he just freaking kicked the shit out of the head of the Mexican prison, you know? And so basically, after that, he didn't even have to fight. He was like, But they spent
0: 15 years So they spent
2: 15 years, and he told me they had, on Friday nights, it was called Iguana Night. And so they would buy iguanas from, because, so the jail was, like, right on the street where you could, like, you know, people walking by could sell you shit, right? Hmm. And so he had an old tube TV that would come in once a week, and it would be packed, they didn't burn all the keef, you know, they freaking kept. I think somebody made a deal with the, the Mexican government where like, hey, yeah. burn half of it and keep half of it and yeah. take care of these guys in jail. So he'd get a tube TV that came in and it was just packed with Keith. And so he was selling Keith the whole time he was in jail. And, and so <laughs> it, Which it, could be a movie. This uh, could be a movie. Oh, I think yeah. that happens all the time. It yeah, well, was here. a movie. I mean, the, the shit he told me was straight out of a movie. And so he said like Iguana Fridays where like you would buy a big Iguana and the whole point of buying the big Iguana was you had to kill it. And he said they'd chase the thing around with a frying pan, freaking whack it over the head. Like that was the fun part about it. He's like <laughs> the Iguana didn't taste very good. Like So
0: did, wild. did he know that, he knew something was up and he knew that he might go to jail?
2: I think he got sent down there and I think he didn't really tell me that part. He, the head of the Huey, who I don't know the name of, the brother was the guy that he was traveling with, and so he was kind of the scapegoat, you yeah. know what I mean? And
0: Did they take care of
2: him? I think that that's where the, the half of the Keep got burnt. The, yeah. The, he said that the whole town got high when they were burning the key because of the smoke when they lit on fire yeah. blew into town and like everybody was like, Whoa, <laughs> but, but, so, but he did 15 years down there. And yeah. then so when he moved home, he was a painter and he met this girl, Melanie, who is, was just got divorced and lived up in Newport Heights and he was painting her house. And the guy's a character, man. Like, if you. charmed the shit like, out of her. Like,
3: he. Now nice he's living like, in the garage. I think,
2: I think he's probably like, you know, I don't know, Andy Johini's dad's a painter, I think, too. Like, I mean, the jokes that they used to play on each other, like, the bullshit they used to do. Like, <laughs> he used to tell me, like, the guy was just a character. You yeah. Know? Like, really funny dude. But, uh, anyway his garage was filled with artifacts his whole yard was filled with the artifacts so he was really into hunting for like native american indian artifacts like so he was into mountain biking so then once they started surfing then i got into mountain biking with them and this is when they were doing all of like Newport Coast and Turtle Rock area so i'd go mountain biking with them and it would be like cat and mouse like literally they had like a sheriff on duty that would be patrolling but there was so much land and gates and so what he would do is be like, dude, they're turning up all the soil and like, look at all these caves. We'll find like, so much cool artifacts. Really oh, dude, artifacts. you found, I, dude, I have a collection of, of arrowheads and everything, like, I have a little doll that somebody carved for like a kid. It's not like a statue or something like that. It's like a little kid doll, like wow. somebody's like toy. But I mean, so what arrow, a crazy interesting arrowheads, arrowheads, like Bone tools and so he would always he, he would his whole yard was like literally like lined with tomahawks and bowls and like like
0: just the, from the Newport Coast tools no from him his whole life collecting okay. like he
2: collected <clears throat> he was one of those what guys interesting dude, dude. Yeah, no, and he, he took and, you under his wing but he, but he had style you know what I mean like the thing was is like you know and like like, trends happen. Like, let's say you bob the fender on your Schwinn bike and, like, that's the new thing. Like, dude, he was ahead of that. Like, you know what I mean? And he grew up with these other guys, like this guy Walt, they called him No Toes, who was like a pinstriper, like, professional pinstriper who built all these crazy cars. I think he's actually still alive, but he's missing some toes. They called him No (laughs) Toes. But so, but I got, I got an insight to, like, growing up on Lido island in like the 50s and 60s like and like how cool it was and so he used to tell me like and so this is what kind of made me a little bit more of a rebel than i than i was because of his stories yeah like, Shit, you only live once dude this guy fucking knows what he's
3: doing yeah
2: and so he you know back in the day he told me he's the first one to ever surf the point ever wow So, how it went down was, is that there was these body surfer guys that, like, kind of like the wedge crew guys, and they were body surfing at the wedge the day before, and he was surfing, they were surfing balsa wood boards, and they had them stashed along the beach, you know, like, at their friend's house or whatever, and so they were all surfing blackies, hanging out with babes, and, like, so, he said that these body surfer guys came up to him, and they are like, hey, dude, if I were you, I'd... Be here tomorrow. It's gonna to be going off like it, dude. Be here tomorrow. So they got up early, him and his buddies, and they went to the point, And this is when you could build a fire on the beach anywhere. And so they built a fire at the point at 18th Street. He said, and that left barrel at the point, and they had no beaches. You know, balsa wood boards. They paddled out and like got some of the sickest waves that they said they've ever. And their board would float all the way down to the pier and be banging in the pier and then run down and grab it. And he's like, dude, that was the first day that the point was ever surfed. Wow. By, by surfers. Yeah. And it was him and, you know. Like those toast. guys,
1: were those guys like uh, body surfing it previously no, there, or they were think, just wedge dudes? He, he was a surfer. Yeah. But so the, but so the, the guys that told him were old dude, like wedge guys. Like body surfers. Body yeah. surfers. Yeah.
2: And they're like, hey dude, if you guys like surfing, I'd be here tomorrow. Yeah. And so those guys were little kids growing up on Lido Island. They rode their bike with their balsa wood, gigantic boards, and they set up a fire. Before it even got light out, is what he told me. He's like, dude, nobody's ever surfed everything How either.
0: lucky are you to have run into the night? Uh, like, that's such a cool... So, I, my neighbor is... He he taught at Corona Del Mar High School. Yeah. Did you go to Corona Del Mar? No, I went to New Bar Harbor. Okay. But he, uh, he's an old-time surfer. He's like 76 and, you know, still with it. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's told me stories about him jumping in his bus and driving all the way to Mainland Max. Oh, yeah. And just so many cool stories and how surfing and, and like, no freeways and fucking, you know. Right, you know
2: they, used to, I, they used to call the Coast Highway something, but it was a two-lane highway, Highway of Death. Is what it was called, <laughs> and it was all the dude. You know, you got all this old metal going both directions, single lane with the people. Yeah, on people raging and freaking. <laughs> people were raging, raging. Yeah, oh, longboards on their car, going back and forth from San Diego. Yeah,
1: yeah DY was like fifty bucks and just a little yeah. ticket. Like or okay, just, just get home safe. Cash out the window. Yeah, and freaking, you know. different times. And it was a lot less crowded. I mean, it's, it was it's definitely, crazy how
0: like. The in, the surf industry and and, and probably countless un, other industries have been fueled. The seed money of it was from drug trafficking. Well, I mean, a, drug lot of, a lot of industries drug smuggling. A lot of
2: well, <laughs> I I think that so so this is my like you know synopsis or whatever on how it went down was when the vietnam war and the draft happened i think that the surfers were smarter than a lot of the other people yeah and they knew that they didn't want to go over there so the guy pete this is what he told me that was his name knife Pete. yeah he he told me that he put his mom's underwear on. Like his mom's lingerie. And he had to go do a physical, you know. And so he went into the physical... Just like big office, Wednesday shit. Physical yeah. office. Yeah. And when they put the, the the fucking hearing test on, he... Ah, he would <laughs> just act <that> crazy. crazy. <laughs> and so he just act crazy the whole yeah. time. He Section 8. In, he's in his mom's freaking underwear. Yeah. And they told him, get the fuck out of this office. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. And literally... And then that's when he bailed and went to Kauai. Got it, got it. And he told me stories about Kauai. Like, I mean, he told me stories about his friend, like, built this treehouse in a palm tree, and dude, a hurricane hit, and he was up there for, like, a week, and it didn't come down the same. Like, the guy fucking went fucking loony. Like, just fucking crazy stories. But he had houses all over Hawaii, and he had one, and the thing that's so sad that I wish I bought it was... He had one in Poipu that was right above Pakala Ten knife did, knife did. Yeah, just recently. This is two years ago. And his wife, they would spend half the year there and then half the year in Newport. And so, so he, he made in, he good made in, money. He went in for a surgery. His wife. It, well, he. I mean, I think he always did okay. He was a simple man. You know yeah. I mean, like he did okay, but the coolest. Thing was is look at my skin color and look at who I am going to Hawaii and surfing is not as easy as a lot of other people you know right. what I mean? like if I go to Mexico it's like freaking I can get any wave I want I'm not worried Hawaii is a whole, whole different pecking order yeah but I surf Bacala's and he lent me a board he's said, go under my house grab one of the boards you know pedal literally I had a crowd of like three or four guys there that were like the head honcho dudes. telling me, fucking go on any wave, like because you were with told, knife. They Pete told him that I was over there. Yeah. And he been here they've been hearing about me for years, like ten years, because they because I was Pete's buddy. You yeah. Know? And so it was just such a cool feeling to be there and like literally like a set's coming and you're you guys are giving it to me like yeah. holy shit like. This is the best experience
1: my whole life. Yeah. You know? Well, the and impression he made on you, he made an impression on a lot of people, it seems like. Yeah, you know? well, he definitely did. Right?
0: Pakalas is not a famous spot, but everyone knows about Pakalas. But that wave is like an Indo wave. Like you feel shark- like... Sharky too. Sharky too. <laughs> but it's like an Indonesian left. Didn't Harris
1: post... Mike Harris post a shot of that? I don't know, did he? Yeah, I think so. But
0: it's like... I, I've gotten it... I got it's it. It's very like, localized,
1: too. It's very localized.
0: Yeah. I got so it, you like... You
2: got to go through, like, a gate, and there's, like, a sugar plantation. You got to yep. kind of go... Cow patty some, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. you got to go through some hoops to get there. Yeah. But, so, so, anyway, this is when I was younger, you know? And so, he... he get, And it was cool, because, like, I don't know if you've ever heard of Junior Beck, but he was a really good longboarder down in Blackies at the time, and there was, like... So, I got to see that whole longboard thing, and I got to surf the point, like going off and I started surfing on a longboard you know and like skipping down the face with a single fin you know and a lot of my friends shortboard because this is right when I'm going into like 7th, 8th grade and now it's like I got my I don't know if you know Dustin Hine and Makai McKenna yeah and like all of these guys that were first my friend Jack Shimko they were all riding for Volcom and this is like the mecca now Volcom just started like so I grew up in the heights and I had ramps, like skateboard ramps in front of my house. I was a skateboarder, you know, Vision Streetwear, baggy shorts. You know, I surfed too, but we had skate ramps all in front of our house. And so here comes Troy Eckert, Matt Patterson, a Bully skating down the street, hitting our ramps, going, Hey, here's a here's a hat, here's a patch. Have your mom sew it on your you know, <laughs> on this freaking hat, you know, and around Vulcan stone. And so this is like when I was going into seventh grade and I'm leaving a private school called Carton Hall and going into Ensign, which was like freaking going into the jungle from like Disneyland. Like it was a whole nother game. Like gangsters, from like Private from to Ensign? From En to Ensign. Okay. Ensign was a middle school around here that was like gangs, fucking the whole deal, you know? Yeah. And so like
0: Private school to a public school.
2: Private school to public school, but the public school was where Newport Heights, Kaiser, Mariners, and every other school went into junior high, seventh and eighth grade. So it was like the melting pot of everything. Yeah. Where, like, that's where you learn. Oh, you're bad. Yeah. Shit.
1: Middle school. <laughs> Middle school like, I mean, that's adolescent curiosity at yeah. the same time. But man, no, know. it was good. That's it was 12, good. 13 years old. Well,
2: I actually purposely got kicked out because my private school went to 7th and 8th grade. But I was like, dude, all my friends are going to fucking ensign. I'm not going to... And because I skateboarded. And like skateboarding, you know, Omar Asan and Jason Assan those guys... Dude, Omar would be skating my ramps in front of my house all the time. You know what I mean? Like, freaking, I don't know, James Reed, he's one of the best skaters I've ever met. Like, that guy just ripped. But, like, literally, you know, you're growing up skateboarding with all these dudes in the heights and at all the schools and everything. And anyway, I went to Ensign for a little bit, and my mom was like, this is not working.
1: <laughs> Did you you knew a lot of the guys there from
3: just skating oh, and surfing? Surfing, yeah, anyway. I, I knew
2: everybody, yeah, like freaking like we were all buddies right away. I mean, it's still a little bit of a pecking order, you know what I mean? But like coming from private school, you're not like the freaking cool kid on campus. Like, yeah. You're,
1: so skateboarding was like your passion for well, skateboarding. I've been
2: doing for my whole life. You know? Yeah
1: and in, and then surfing you were kind of like you start off on a short board and then kind of got into the long boards surf yeah started off on a short board got into the long boarding
2: because of Pete you know and like he taught in the freaking style behind it you yeah. know what i mean where like hey this is how you do it like definitely hey, he was goofy for the regular but like you know but more teaching me about like hey you see this left off you see this swell, the left off the off the pure that's like yeah you see this right over here and everybody's surfing over here but look at every 10 minutes his left's coming in that's noted yeah. on perfect yeah. A yeah plus he's like that's where that's I'm where I'm you want to be and then he taught me how to go check the point like hey let's go walk up the pier and see if the point's breaking like you know just freaking go take a glance at it instead of having to drive all the way over there yeah just walk up and see you can look right at the point and see if it's breaking
1: yeah you want to drive three blocks and then illegal park with your hazards on and then you know like (laughs) and then
2: if it's not and then if it's completely flat there's enough to get out of the car and walk around a little bit but uh anyway so that was kind of like my childhood did you do any like organized sports or like so 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 in seventh grade what happened was is my i went there for half the year and i had like crazy girlfriend that was older, dude, like pinning me against the locker, making out with me. I'm just like, dude, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, this place is crazy. Like but I didn't it's not that I didn't like it. I yeah. was just like, fucking hey, dude, like I'm fucking growing up quick now. <laughs> but so then I moved to Mammoth. What? Yeah, so and what was cool was is right Did you
0: did you want to move to Mammoth or I, your heard, mom made you.
2: I don't you know or... exactly how it went down, but my mom hated Ensign. She was a teacher at Carton Hall, the private school that I was at, and she just was like, "We need to
1: get you up to the mountains, away yeah. from all we need, this. We
2: need to get you out of here." Like,
1: did you guys ever visit? The so,
2: so I had a, we had a house in Mammoth okay. our, our whole life. Oh, so, sick! So, so from when I was a little kid, I was going up there, but we like, what a shocker! You know, grew up skiing. And snowboarding just started, so I've probably been snowboarding for like maybe one or two years, you know. But like, barely snowboarding, going down the mountain, you know. Yeah. And so, anyway, this was right when Volcom started big time, like freaking like the red green hoodies with like the green and red and yellow shorts with the alligator print, like pockets on them. they fucking like, wild. Like so, so cool. That, like so, <laughs> my first day. So we we, we moved to Mammoth. My mom was like, okay, we're getting out of here. We're moving to Mammoth. And so. So, what were you getting into a lot of trouble? Well, I'm not really at this point. I mean, I got. She's not writing on the wall. Like, you're just She kinda... just was like, you know. Are I, you the only I, kid, too? No, I have a brother that's years younger than me. Okay. For 18 months. So, he's pretty close to me. So, anyway, she's like, dude, we're just. And so, we, we'd already been on the ski and snowboard team and stuff. And we were, like, you know, pretty good at it already. So she's like, we're fucking, Ensign is not the spot. She already knew, like, she's just like, whatever <laughs> we can do to get him out of here, let's move to Mammoth. And so my dad actually stayed here because I had an older sister and he'd come up on the weekends. And so we moved over my house in Mammoth. And so we went there second semester. And so anyway, it kind of a funny story how it all went down, but so there's these two kids, Jeff and Billy Anderson. Who were like yeah. the oh, yeah. pro snowboarders yeah. up there, but they rode for Quicksilver at the time, and I thought Billy was my age, and I thought Jeff was my brother's age because they looked pretty close, and we'd already met them like briefly on the hill, you know. But they were like the rippers, you know. Rippers. So the first day of school, I was like, "Yeah, Pete, you're gonna meet Jeff. I'll meet Billy, dude. We're freaking gonna be in, you know. Yeah, like, or we got we're to hang out with these guys." And so anyway I was wearing a red Volcom sweatshirt I remember the day like, like it was yesterday and I had an English class and I look over and it's Jeff sitting next to me like really didn't pay attention too much and towards the end of the class hey what up dude and I think he just hadn't heard about Volcom you know because yeah. he was riding for Quicksilver and he's like oh dude fucking sick sweatshirt or something like that and then so we had another class science and then we had math and then we had to go to snowboard team. And I had, meanwhile never been on a snowboard team ever. <laughs> and so we went to science and then we went to math and math on the board, giant letters it says free seating. So I'm like Jeff's like, hey, fucking sit next to me, sit next to me. So I'm, you know, go sit in the seat next to him and what's up, dude? And this fucking bully of the school, I guess, I hadn't met this guy yet, came up to me and he's like, Hey bro, you're sitting in my fucking seat. Oh my and God. And I was like I'm like, it says free seating on the board. And Jeff's like, dude, don't get up, dude. It's freaking free seating, dude. Find a different seat. And the guy's like, I'll see you after class. And I'm what? Like, oh, shit, dude. Now and now I'm, it's,
1: like, small. There's no, dude, like, no, it's I, like...
2: Well, but no, 7th, 8th through high school. So this is, like, now going from 7th and 8th grade to 7th and 8th through high school. They're all combined. But it is small. You're right. It's yeah. small. But so you have lockers. Like, and everybody has a sign locker so anyway the whole class i'm like sitting there dreading like oh great dude I'm <laughs> and so but dude i just came from an at the same time where there's fights every day and like yeah. i'm fucking used to this shit yeah, oh, great it's my a, mom's gonna freak out first <laughs> day get, I'm, I'm getting freaking <laughs> <laughs> and then so i go to my locker whose locker's right next to me jeff's how funny so we're freaking i'm doing my combo i'm trying to figure it out he's helping me and there's and so it's snowboard team and he's like oh you're on the snowboard i'm like yeah i don't know where to go like he's like yeah there's a bus out back just freaking you know grab put your shit in your locker and we'll I'll meet you out there this guy came up and put his put my shirt over my head like a hockey move and i was like oh shit," you know like what's going on and then push me against the locker and then i was like dude what you know like I freaking been raised by all these older dudes growing up my whole life anyway, like dude, are you kidding me? So I ripped my shirt off, freaking gave the guy a couple shots in the face, grabbed him in a headlock, put him on the ground, and just started freaking punching him and then got, like the big bully guy. Yeah, the big bully guy and then I got, got broken up, you know. And we went to the principal's office and I'm sitting there, I'm looking at him, he's got a fucking gigantic shiner, like getting bigger <laughs> while I'm sitting there. And so he, the principal pulls me in the office first, and he's like, hey, you know, his name is Bob, Mr. Barker. And Bob Barker? Barker. <laughs> Bob Barker. The principal was? Yeah. is right. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I, I, I'm 100% It was self-defense. Like, that's where you kind of... So he came in. He's like, you know, he's like, welcome to Mammoth High. And, then, <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I'm thinking, like, I'm going home. Right, yeah. thanks it, for sticking welcome, to me. Welcome, fucking. Welcome to your room, last you know? day. And this, so he said. He said, you know what? He said that guy's had it coming to him all year. He's like, stoked. Welcome to Mammoth High, dude. Don't, Don't worry, worry about that fucker again. And he's like, the snowboard bus is waiting for you outside. And I'm like, nice to meet you. Thank you yeah. so much. And so I get on the bus, and I get on the bus, and everybody. Like, Tyson, Tyson. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, I don't even know how to snowboard. Like, I literally <laughs> have, like, a Sims...
0: Hey, but you got a Vulcan <laughs> sweatshirt. Yeah. That yeah. got you yeah, everywhere.
2: Dude, yeah, yeah. It, it worked. I swear. And and honestly, without that, I don't think Jeff would have been like, hey, dude. Hell, though. That.
0: Like, yeah. you wore something that no one up there, you know what I mean? Like, Had, and, and They didn't have it yet. They didn't have it yet. And, and he knows, like, only cool people...
2: Well, I think the thing was, is in like when Volcom started, like Wooly and Tucker Hall and Troy, those guys were up there mobbing, jumping off yeah. Wrigley's fucking cliffs and like, yeah, charging, wearing all Volcom. Yeah, and like, I think those guys really knew who they were, too. Yeah, like, they were
0: like, we want a these fucking guys piece are crazy of that. Motherfuckers well, like, yeah. I mean,
1: even they they picked up Terraria, like. Pretty quick, like they were like right out of the gates. We're gonna start a snow team. Like it was like they were, I mean something they did, but they're they're gonna be Oh it. no, dude, they were the snow they, team. That's what I mean. Like the they band. were they were launching. We're like, gonna do what we love. Cliffs.
2: Like I saw Wooly jump off Wrigley's, like which is like a thirty foot like cl- like a giant cliff on the backside of Mammoth.
0: So you got fully accepted
2: so Boom. the first day of school yeah i came home my brother's like how'd it go i was like dude don't worry pete we're my brother's name's pete i was like we're in dude we're, <laughs> and so that year it's 58 feet of mammoth like the, it was one of the record years ever our car got how married. weird is that our car hey, got buried it's
1: not gonna win it could be like that this it's year we're already out dude. 13 it's, feet like... yeah
2: and we live right up by i mean like our house is up on cannon lodge And so, like, we are the weather report right there because, like, the mountain's eleven thousand feet, I think, at the peak, maybe like. But our house is like at seven or eight thousand feet. Wow, which is like, dude, we get this the weather there. Yeah, if it's gonna snow and how many feet it's gonna snow, it's like pretty much right there.
0: So, at first, you're probably bummed that you're moving up there, and then. Right off the bat, first day of school.
2: Guys, take me under their wing. Yeah,
0: you have the guys that run
2: snowboarding up there. Pretty much, like you know, wanting to hang out with you. You're like, whoa, like I'm in. Well, and the cool thing was is that the dynamic and like the way that the surfing industry related to the snowboard industry was that like the older guys even more in the snowboard industry, hung out with the younger kids way yeah. more. Like the surfing, you're out there and you're kind of battling for waves and there's more of a pecking order. But snowboarding, it's like skateboarding and more repetitive where yeah. you're like, yeah. you're egging each other on to do and do better. And, like,
0: and it's surfing has like 20, 30 years, 40 years over snowboarding. Yeah. So the the, the age gaps are way bigger yeah. in the lineup than they are in the mountains. When compared to snowboarding.
2: You but know. on the beach, like everybody's bros on surfing. You know yeah. what I mean? But once you get in the water, <laughs> yeah, and you got my diving waves and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, when you're
3: battling for
1: waves, it's not the same as going the down the area. hill and be like, yeah. "Hey, let's go hit this hip and go slashy over there and yeah, go do this." It's like exactly. it's kind of like follow the leader type shit where everybody's yeah. in yeah shredding the same wave almost. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. the he mountain snowboard, mo- I snowboard. Yeah. yeah, I know you're. Well, I out. I know what you're talking no, about. You it's like skateboarding. He doesn't snowboard. Yeah,
0: I don't snowboard, but it's like skateboarding where. You that just kidding. that bowl is gonna be there all day. with the yeah, wave, you're falling a line. You're yeah, falling in line. you're
2: falling a line, and you got these other guys doing tricks over them that you want to do. Yeah, and you can keep hiking the same hip, or yeah. you can do the same. But what it was was it was the mecca of snowboarding. So yeah, mammoth. mammoth didn't even no mammoth didn't even allow snowboarding at this yeah. point. It was June Mountain, so there was yeah. a half halfpipe. So immediately we joined competition USA. Because mm-hmm. that's what man That's like when you're on the snowboard team, it's USA. You have to have a
1: leash and you can't, yeah, Mammoth. I i, yeah. I started going there, like, I skied at three or whatever, and then I'm like, snowboarder came along, I want snowboard. It's like, can't snowboard there? What do you mean? But what was cool <laughs> so was, early.
2: is these guys taught me, like, so we had to do GS and slalom too. So GS is giant slalom, like, Olympic shit. And slalom is gates, like, you gotta hit them quick and. But then we have the freestyle, so you had to do all of it because it's all part of the competition. Like they judge you on all of it, and then. But these guys were so freaking good at snowboarding, where they would hit the giant slalom gate front side, and then they'd switch to goofy and hit front side every gate front they side. They just like, switch. Like switch yeah. right in the middle, dude. But so smooth that they would beat the guys that were on the race boards with their freaking speed suits on. You know what I mean? Like that's how good they were. So crazy. So. Um, Anyway, we've freaking. Le- I learned a ton, and then when I moved back from so d- just the semester, just a semester. so so uh, we we lived there for like a, a, basically a year, and um, I became really good friends with Jeff Anderson. He passed away RLT, yeah. So and uh, and my brother was too. Like freaking super close best friends, you know. And so we actually did a video for Jeff to get sponsored by Volcom when we were up there, so we put this video together, you know, and my friend Neil Buttermore had, like, the camcorder, and he was good at editing or whatever, not good at it for the time, but you know what I mean? And anyway, like, so Jeff started writing for Volcom, and then, you know, the whole Volcom thing kind of took off. Exploded, yeah. And then, so when we moved back for the summer, Jeff came down, Mm -hmm. and that's when they had the warehouse over. It was next to the muffler shop, right next to the apartment complex, Um, not the big one that they had on, on 15th or whatever the street was right there, but so that's when, you know, they built a, they built a half pipe in there and it was Chet Thomas and freaking Tucker Hall and Ian Gant and like, dude, so it was just freaking comedy. I mean, Tucker Hall, dude. So I, I actually grabbed a bunch of power tools my dad's shop's right over here, right down the street from there to build this first mini ramp that they had inside and the ramp took up basically the whole office you know and then there's a curtain with a muffler shop and then there's like eight sewing machines behind the other wall and they're just doing it you know and it was freaking awesome to see but so why did you guys move back down though so so we moved back down just because we had to you know what
1: I mean, that was just like... Mountain life was just a... Get him out of here for a little bit, yeah.
2: you know, and I know, and, and my mom was like, no matter where I take these guys, it's not going to matter, you know what
1: I mean? <laughs> they're going to find trouble. <laughs>
0: yeah. what, what, or trouble finds them, they're going to find yeah. trouble.
1: Well, the crew you're up with in Mammoth is the same crew that was rolling heavy down here and too, the, like, you then, know? And the
2: thing is, is that, like, a lot of the guys from Mammoth, I'm still friends with to yeah. date, like... I could see like Matt Brown, I could see this guy Trevor, Joe Winninger, like these guys and they were way older at the time, even older than the high school guys that we would have been hanging out with. So it was even like almost worse, but like at least we had a common ground which was snowboarding. Yeah. But still at the same time We'd go to a town party and there'd be girls at all ages, like you know, yeah. Like you grow up real quick, yeah.
1: We got some fresh meat over here from Newport, yeah.
2: yeah <laughs> do, well, you know, we let's we, show him. We curious. talk
0: to people, you know, when our our guests, like I'm go try one of these things, yeah, go for it. But the uh, the thing about
2: am I let to drink on this podcast? Hell yes, yes
0: you are. But the the age uh, gap, you know, like when you're when someone's eighteen and you're. 15, yeah. 13, you're like, you're like, whoa, that dude's a fucking adult, you know? Yeah, And they've done so much more. Yeah,
2: but I wasn't really thinking that. I was thinking like, this guy's got a bottle of Aftershock. I've never even seen Aftershock. It's the one with the rock candy in it. Have you ever heard yeah, of that? <laughs> it's like a Fireball with, with, yeah. with rock candy yeah. in it. <laughs> and we're at a party, and this guy's fucking letting me sip off his fire water, dude. Like, this guy's fucking cool as yeah, shit.
1: Like, yeah, yeah.
0: So, so you guys moved back down so after you moved, a year.
2: So, yeah, so we moved back down, and then that was when I was in eighth grade, basically. So, like, this is still when I'm young. And so then after that experience, like, dude, you know, now, like, it, you know when you move away and nothing changes at home? Like, you could, like, move to Mexico for a year yeah. and come back. Same old. You could learn Spanish and have 100 new friends, and nothing would change here. Yeah. Not like literally. It's just the way it works. Yeah. And it's so bizarre how that works. And it's almost like more people need to do that. Like, get yeah. out and go learn a language. Go yeah. live a culture. Go do it. Yeah. Because Travel that's abroad. the truth. Because nothing does really change. It's the same old ticking clock. Yeah, and it's like ticking time and, and, and you
1: learned so much by, yeah. and so that's kind of how just getting out of your comfort zone and having to meet new people and and put yourself because yeah these little micro circles you know like here you are mammoth and mammoth small you know compared to coming from Orange County yeah you know you rub a couple people wrong there. There's no other circles and groups, so you kind of got to, like, yeah, find you out. Know? Like when you're yeah. young, I mean, it's harder to run. We're like,
2: we're young. You didn't know what I mean? Where are we going? It's 58 feet. Nobody was complaining. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, we were doing runs that didn't even exist that never have even been done because there was so much snow. Yeah. To go to school, we had to go, we, so it was a two-story house, and we had a balcony, and we had to dig a hole out the t- uh, over the rail of the b- up. Like a badger hole, and then we had a like a a truck. And meanwhile, we're wearing Volcom shorts. We're not with freaking high socks and like tennis shoes on. Skate, skate skater, like tropping through the snow. And then we have a ten foot drop down the snowbank to get to the school bus. And then by that time, you're like freaking snow in my shoes. We didn't care, dude. We're fucking wearing fucking welcome shorts to school, dude. Like, (laughs) okay, little rats, (laughs) yeah, that's how it was. All
0: right, so you're back
1: down to newport So,
2: back when when I moved back, like, I mean, I I felt like that was the best time where, like, everybody, like, now welcome's established, like, hurley, all these other companies are kind of coming in, like, you know like every like lots of friends are sponsored but we're freaking living at the beach you know what i mean my friend taylor sterner who is like dude a legend i love the guy forever but he lived on 34th street 32nd street in the alley and so everybody kept their surfboards there you know it was a kind of like the clubhouse stash house house, where freaking you know surfboards piled up and where you could go, his mom and dad, Wayno and freaking Debbie, were the coolest parents ever. Like, if I needed a, a note at Newport Harbor, like, Debbie was there picking me up, like, writing me a note, you know what I mean? Just So so you went
0: ever. to Newport Harbor now?
2: So, yeah, so I did half, so I, I lived up in Mammoth, and I, I did half of 8th grade, so I did 7th, half of 7th, half of 8th. And then we moved home, like, towards the end of the season. And then, so I came at the end of eighth grade. And it was perfect timing because it was just, like, dude. New like, school, bright, fresh new outlook. Like, and, yeah, like, before you're going to high school, like, rode out with everybody again. And then I um, started at Harbor. And, like, uh, starting at Harbor, like, dude, dude, like I said, like, the like because of surfing and skateboarding and everything, like, so, like, Steve Ioki, super good friend of mine. Like did he go to Newport? He went to Newport Harbor, yeah, dude. Steve Ioki did? Yeah, we snowboarded and hung out all the time, dude. Just did you know that? Yeah. I didn't know So, that. Yeah, so his type with, Yeah. So, so, so Edelhauser, my friend Rob Edelhauser, we had, we had like a freaking crew, with my friend Brian Johnson, but like you know, you'd be skating subway parking lot up on seventeenth street. Like we'd all hang out together like all the time. We'd go to Benihana, we'd pile on his Bronco and go to Benny everybody chipping in ten dollars for lunch for tip. <laughs> and we would freaking just feast. You yeah. Know, all the time. I think we took advantage of it like too much. Where Why wouldn't you like
0: Especially if you got in trouble? Yeah, you're eighth, ninth grade, you're fucking hungry. Yeah. you're Always <laughs> eating. Well yeah. So, and did, did you come back down and want to be on the surf team, or? So, no,
2: no, no. so the surf team didn't exist yet, quite yet,
1: but, but a ton of surfers at school just wasn't part no, of it. The no,
2: they were just fucking rippers, you yeah. know, like fucking Kirk Blackman, you know, like everybody was fucking, charger. They, there was people that were rippers, you yeah. know what I mean, Dude. and, and
1: and so there, there wasn't
2: really teams later on, like towards our senior years when the surf team got established and everything. Hmm. And by that time I was like, you know, freaking kind of past. I wasn't a good enough surfer, I would say, to like be competing against the guys that were really good. But surfers.
1: just surf school, like surf class to avoid PE and other stuff like that.
2: So I'll get to this. So, so I, went to, I, I went to high school for a year. And then I got sent away to boarding school. And <gasps> I got in big trouble. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, You're trying to hey, avoid that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you
1: can't avoid the trouble. The trouble <laughs> is you.
2: <laughs> so, but, no, I had a great fucking freshman year. I mean, dude, unbelievable. And the reason why is because, like, literally, like, Usually, the seniors, like, are fucking assholes to the freshmen. I could go to any party I wanted as a senior party and walk right in the front door and be like, oh, yeah, he's fucking with me. Like, Yeah. We were connected. There, I'm sure there was people that weren't, but as far as, like, our crew, yeah, like, we all got along with everybody. Like, all the older guys, like, fucking loved us. We were fucking, we were all hanging out.
0: So is this, like, Logan Doolian and yeah, Mackay? McKenna.
2: Believe, me, believe me, dude. Fucking yeah. That was Andre your that Zizakoff was your circle, Ruckus. you know. Andre oh
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like we were all buddies, Denny Hine. Dude, like we were all buddies, but. Uh, Anyway, freshman year went really well. Sophomore year, I got in trouble. I freaking, uh, so I used to do BMX when I was younger. And so the Castaways, I don't know if you know where the Castaways are. Yeah. They built all those homes up there. So we had like a dirt bike track up there that we used to like all hang out. Of. I don't know if you know the Towers, Chad Towers. You know, y- and yeah. So Chad we, towers, we had Pat on. So Chad was my best friend growing up. Like,
1: literally, best. Uncle Tito. Uncle Tito was my best friend growing up. So, you got I me mean, no trouble with him.
2: Yeah, we, we were freaking <laughs> imano imano. We were like, we were good, dude. He, good balance, you know. Yeah. He's aggro and mellow, like, and still to this day, dude. You know, I love the guy to death. We do too. But, anyway, Sunrun. We, we Shout play, out to Sunrun. Yeah. I don't know what you're working for, Tito, but
3: hey Solar. i love you
2: i so anyway they were the that fucking dirt bike track up there i was pissed off because they're doing this huge ho- what, housing development oh yeah and uh, those are the bluff like the bluff them? yeah
1: yeah and so are we talking up above sheep hills no, no up above back Bay. back Bay. back Bay, yeah. they, yeah, they yeah. look like a kind of east coast cottage yeah like whatever not cottage but uh I call them track home. Yeah, they are. Yeah, They track all track the home. same. Fucking
2: track home. So, I was fucking pissed off about it, and I was at a party, and this guy, I'm not going to name his name, because I'm not going to put it, throw this under the bus. But anyway, he had a, a blazer, an old 80, 80s blazer with 38-inch tires on it, like a fucking monster <laughs> truck. The shocks were still hanging off of it, like, but you didn't need a key to drive it. So the fucking key. Just turn the. So so this car got driven around town for probably like a good six months. Like you anybody took fucking it. anybody took it and it would just end up at a spot, you know. <laughs> and then you'd see it on Lido Island and you'd fucking jump in it and take it. Like it was like a fucking Uber free taxi, like but like, <laughs> but like a, a monster truck, you know. My Volkswagen Squarebag didn't need <laughs> a key there. <laughs> so anyway, we were at a party one night, and he's like, dude. I'll pay you a hundred bucks just get rid of that thing dude just fucking get rid of it get and rid of the blazer? the blazer and I was like dude I'll fucking get rid of that thing and he's thinking that I'm going to take it down to Mexico and fucking drive it, on the launch
1: it and, uh,
2: but so instead of that we decided that we are going to fucking launch it off a different cliff and anyway a couple I don't know I'm not going to name names that were with me but there's three a other fun. guys with me so we found on Lido Island. It was like a super foggy night. And we're like, dude, okay. This guy said he'd give us a hundred bucks if we fucking get rid of this thing. And we're thinking more of just like, you know, like
1: fucking... Not cat, a Santa like, Ana chop shop or anything. No, no, like, like, you're
2: right, just... Like crash into the telephone pole like kill the thing, you know? And so anyway, the fucking bluffs are out there and there's a full construction zone, bulldozers and everything. And so we had to fucking get the car out on the cliff you know, to launch it off the fucking cliff. We decided, we'll fucking launch in the bay, dude. We'll get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile I think we're probably smoking weed at this time. <laughs> <laughs> and so the only way to get the car out on the bluff was to go in Dover Shores and then they have those cul sacs But the cul-de-sac there's a fucking giant fence, like a wooden fence. <laughs> So we we scoped it out, and they're like, "Dude, there's no way around it. We're just gonna have to fucking plow through it like a fucking wrestler, dude. Like you know, like freaking WWF or whatever they call
1: it, WWE. WWE (laughs) now. Yeah, WWE. Back then it was F.
2: (laughs) So we got we backed it up to the back of the street, and we just freaking launched it to the fence, and it was the loudest noise. I swear to God, dude, dude. So wait. You're gonna slow. launch it off
0: the bluff But into we have to get the, through
2: the fence first. I know,
0: but you're you're gonna launch it oh, through yeah. the fence into the
2: bay. No, we're gonna get it out there first, and then we're gonna launch it.
1: There's a fence protecting
2: yeah, yeah, yes. the development you can't, you can't Yes, so we the gotta break through and then okay.
1: launch it. But
2: we were young, it was very stupid.
3: Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking you're going off a cliff at some point in time, right? The yeah. car oh, yeah. The car
2: Oh, yeah. I'm not in the car when it's going off. Yeah. Hell no. So uh, so you're
0: you're like going to... So we
2: launch it through the wood fence, and it fucking is like, we're like a football team running through the fence, you know, like, boom. But it was super foggy, and we sat out there for a little while, and like, dude, nobody freaking came out. like, no sirens, no helicopter. We're like... We're good. Okay, dude, we're doing this. And so we went and scoped the <laughs> When it's go up the cliff and we're like, dude, okay, we're going to do it. We put the rock on the accelerator and we freaking tied it like a pair of suspenders that we found in the back <laughs> to the wheel and we freaking launched it off the cliff into the back bay. And then we're like, oh shit, dude, that was fucking... And we had a camcorder. And of course the died. Like, thank God. We've be been on YouTube,
1: 100 million downloads. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, but, and then so the next morning, like, so we fucking bailed and and so you you you, we launched you launched it off the fucking cliff into the water into the back bay it just so this is behind Dover Shores like before you go over the bridge you know like before you go under the bridge of your boat but it hit the fucking sand and it bounced like fucking 300 feet in the air and then nose dive in the water but not one drop of oil spilled it just fucking sat there so the next morning I was like oh fuck like after that, we went and, like, you know, all smoked and freaking <laughs> bawling it. Like, we thought about it. I'm like, nobody ever fucking says anything. And then... Until today. <laughs> and then, yeah, I know. More people know about it now. I mean, the funny thing is, is I had somebody, uh, like a parent, obviously, when I opened Bear Flag, came in and told me, you're the kid that you... No, you're the one that was most likely to unsucceed or something like that. <laughs> you're the one that drove the car. I thought you were going to... Like, They gave me this whole rundown about how big a piece of shit I was. And it was supposed to be like a... Hey, but moment. your fish...
3: Your pokeballs are
0: really good.
2: <laughs> a
3: backhanded couple. Well,
2: but the thing is, is, here, my deal was, and this is the moral of the story, is I want to figure out, hey, how far can I push the limit before I turn 18? Yeah. So I know once I turn 18, not to ever fucking do this shit again. Yeah. Because like, yeah. literally, but when my dad was reading the Daily Pilot and there was a car submerged on the front of it, and he's sitting there eating his Honey Nut Cheerios, and I was looking at the front of the Daily Pilot, I'm like, oh fuck, dude. I what the <laughs> fuck do we do. But the thing was, is like, nobody said anything for like a long time. Like you got away happened. with it. Nothing happened. Yeah. And then the guy who owned the car is down as a lawyer, and then like insurance fraudster. Ha- so what happened was is they had to tra- charge us with grand theft auto, but
1: how did you get caught? But, but drop the charges. We had to admit to it because. Was it initiated by so, you? They told so, you to
0: so get So this. the dude that owned it.
2: Yeah. His dad. His dad's lawyer. and yeah. he's Like we're gonna insurance fraud right now because they think that you were involved in this or something. So he's like, you got to admit to it, but we're not gonna press charges. So you're gonna have grand theft auto, but it's not gonna be charged on your record because. So then I got sent to boarding school, basically. So this is sophomore year, and I was like, okay, and they were like either you're going to a fucking military school or you pick a boarding school. So I'm like, okay, my friend's going to a school in Utah that has a snowboard team, has a half-pipe at the school, like, skateboard half-pipe, like, you know, co-ed. I'm like, this looks like a fucking pretty good thing. <laughs> And it was the best thing that I could have ever done. Like, literally, so the they didn't realize that, like, I already lived in Mammoth and competed in snowboarding. and done. So when I went to the school, I, like, basically redid their whole half pipe for them because i got taught by the best of them but freaking chet thomas and tucker hall and freaking omar all those fuckers yeah teach me how to build a ramp so i figured out fix all the coping fix everything <coughs> put an extension on it like so this is 10th 11th grade so this is 11th grade and then you know uh, competed in snowboarding did really well like i got six in the nation that year freestyle half pipe. Epic. Like, you know, I mean that that's was, what you're doing every day, that's your passion, dude. Mind. Yeah. You're driving skateboarding, too. like. Yeah. Dude, you can skateboard, yeah. you see. Skateboard answering every so like I did miss the beach and that's the one thing to like, How long were you there? I was there for a year. Okay. So the whole goal was if I got straight A's, I could graduate my class at, at Newport Harbor, all my boys, Chucky, fucking Andres, Mackay, fucking Daddy, like I don't know if you know Bubby at all. Oh, yeah. Bubs, Bubby's? Yeah. We know Bubs. Yeah. <laughs> Bubby was with me when I launched the car. Off of Bubbs, uh. I, w- I, w- I wouldn't
1: put it past him. His rap sheet is probably longer than yours. Yeah. Well,
2: no, dude, we were pretty good, though. Like, for the shit that we did. Yeah. And, and I figured it out. That quick. you got away
3: with. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> right, right. but
2: I but I figured out quick, and part of it was is like you know going back to that guy Pete Nickers telling me like, hey, like, like those the, the memories and the things that he was telling me was like, dude, this is like who we are, dude. We're freaking badasses freaking Newport <laughs> Surfers, fucking rats so like, and you know the stories that he taught me. We're like, dude, I don't wanna look back at my life and be like, dude, I never did anything. I yeah. just freaking never like Absolutely out, Never colored outside the line. And that's kinda if I didn't do that, then yeah. it wouldn't mold me on into who I am. And, and it wasn't like you you like set out to do those
0: things. Yeah, you weren't like you malicious did. thinking.
1: You're like, let's just go yeah. have fun. You know, it, it happened. Like, yeah. Like like no, your mom didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well and like yeah, your mom yeah.
0: you're like your mom found out you don't find trouble, trouble
1: finds you, right?
3: No. <laughs> will say <that>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but,
1: but I kind of, I think our generation of our dads was kind of similar, you know? Yeah. They, they had a lot of freedom, and they were like, at 18, you moved out, and you either joined the military. Fucking or way you, before you, that, too, But you know what bro. I mean? Yeah. Like, you were just, they were they were, we were raw chargers, and my yeah. dad just said, like, look, as long Making- as I don't have to pick you up at the hospital, in the ER, or jail... You can do whatever, they, you know, kind yeah. of go have fun. Well, but just be mindful. Like, don't, yeah, hurt anybody. Don't hurt yourself. And, yeah, and that's how I felt. Don't get caught. I so felt, you
3: got straight A's.
2: I felt that I moved out when I was, before I was 18, you know, because when you go to boarding school, when I, you get dropped off of boarding school, dude. There's freaking tears in your eyes. You know what I mean? You're like, dude, how I, did I do to deserve this? And then when you realize that, like, I'm at a co ed campus, it's like, college, it's like, what the fuck? What am I crying about? Like, this is the. Freaking yeah like, you're like
0: a mini adult.
2: Yeah. Fended for yourself. Yeah, you know. What?
0: When you realize like, oh dude, you you're making your own calls. You're you're like
2: Yeah, and the thing is is you now you're finding who you are as a person, whether you're a leader or a follower or a freaking sheep or a wolf or whatever the yeah, fuck it is. Yeah. You yeah, got a good that conversation. Out. You gotta <laughs> yeah. figure that out at an early age. I mean if you don't you know, you're always going to end up being a follower or what, whatever
1: it is. Yeah. I don't
0: know. And, no, and, I love and, it.
1: And there's a lot of opportunity for those that, that have that mindset and feel like that. You know, like, Just to, but, to let you
0: know, we only, uh, we only interview wolves <laughs>
1: and but, leaders. But it's, no, it's, right? it, it is to, to, to find that out with yourself early. Yeah. It's, it only benefits you. In every situation. He so. like How to yeah. handle adults. Like so you've already you, been able to communicate with adults.
0: So your mom, your parents said you could get out of boarding well, the, school. Well, the
2: thing was, is the state took custody of me.
0: The state did?
2: Because I got in trouble. Oh, because of the felony. So, but it, yeah, I think, it, I don't think it was a felony. I think it was a misdemeanor, but. Yeah. 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 Well, it was a felony, but they made it a decision. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. But the state took custody of me. And my dad is not a dumbass, and he's like, you got to get out of the state, because I'm not going to have the state have custody of you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you live in Utah, there's fucking, dude, the state can't have custody yeah. of you. So he was like, you got to figure out a fucking different state to get to here for a year, and you better do good, and when you fucking, so, anyway, I got to come home, gra- graduate from Newport Harbor with all my homies. And, so, and honestly and my parents bought me a car, which was a fucking it, it wasn't like like, you know, I got a dodge coated truck with a camper on it, which is fucking perfect. Yeah. You know Dude. what I mean? Dude, senior year in high school. Camping. I got fucking, fucking mountains. Yeah. And so
0: So that's that's a cool thing, is you went away. It was almost like because you got caught, right? Yeah. And because yeah. they made it a misdemeanor. You went to boarding school. That was your prison.
2: I had to prove myself. Right? That
0: was like your your punishment But it wasn't. was going. <laughs> but it was like, what? I mean, yeah, I'll take State that punishment, right?
2: It was like going to fucking Arizona State. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you fucking became a
0: gnarly snowboarder. You won.
2: Yeah. Well, no, I got six in the nation. Six grew, in the nation. Or, and, and the thing was, is the snowboard coach called my parents told told him i refuse to take your son to nationals because i was the only one in the school to make it to nationals and my snowboard coach was a racer so he wore the speed suit and so i learned this from jeff and billy you know where i could hit the fucking gates front side now and oh yeah fucking, <laughs> fucking toy with the guys and so and i remember jeff actually hooked me up because i was in a contest and i was jumping these fucking these signs like just like you know the wood carving trail signs and we were all in them and i freaking broke he hooked me up with a terrier hawkinson board and i freaking somehow broke the snowboard right before contest and literally jeff shipped me a board and got there like the day of the fucking contest saved my ass wow. where where like he, and it was one of his boards that he already written like he's like i got one on fucking send you right now epic and so, so why did
0: the coach not want to take you
2: because i was just such a dear <laughs> <classic. laughs> so we'd have dry land training and so you'd have to run around this huge fucking field like fucking gigantic fucking field it was like you know like i don't know like a four mile run like not that bad sounds bad to me <laughs> but, but at the time, I was like, dude, I'm running around this fucking field every fucking day, you know. I'm like, I'm going to cut through this time. Like, because there's a fucking cut through, but there's a bunch of sheep in the fucking middle of the field. It a fucking Utah, you know, so. I'm running around and cut through the fucking field, and I'm like, oh, that was easy. And I see the front place people, you know, the the fucking stars that want to get first place. And then I just run in right behind them, like. I was running with them, you know? And, and so, I did that, like, you know, four times in a row, and then all of a sudden, dude, this fucking truck pulled up with this fucking old lady with no teeth, and this fucking dude, like, with a big old lipper and, like, chew stain, with a shotgun, dude, and he comes up to my snowboard coach, and he goes, i catch your boy running through my field, my sheep field again. <laughs> Fucking blow <laughs> it. Like, I'll blow a I'm, hole in his head. Look, I was just trying to take a shortcut, dude. <laughs> and I got totally busted. But that was like the end of dry land training because we had to do dry land training before the real... He didn't even know that I even knew how to snowboard at this point. You know Oh, shit. So, yeah. so, but the first contest I won, it was actually amateur and pro combined. And, like, you know, I've done 360s over fucking jumps before. And, you know, like, the Jamie Lynn style. I don't You know Jamie Lynn? Yeah. With the legs all freaking tight. Like, so, there's this huge freaking jump at the end. And, like, the amateurs are already out. Now I'm competing against the pros. And so, I haven't done a 360 over it because it's freaking big, you know. Yeah. I've only done grabs. So, I just launch I just go for it. But instead of doing, like, a, like a freaking bent leg, like mute grab 360. I just did complete straight leg, like, deep, <laughs> like a, you'd think it would look awkward, but I just landed it fucking perfect, like slow rotation, straight leg. And I won the whole thing. So they, they hand. They're like, we haven't and seen that like, before. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. And it was like almost on accident, you know what I mean? But, it, but the way it worked out where the judges were like, fuck, that was fucking sick. And it was some dude. That's what you get when you grow up fucking hanging out with a bunch of dudes from me. I went snowboarding, you know, like yeah. And Terry, I see like, Terry hey, if do that shit, you know. But anyway, so when I moved home and I grad, so graduated with all my friends, dude. It was the best fucking time ever. Like, I did my senior prom with fucking Chucky at his cabin in Big Bear, dude. Like I don't even know to, need to go into how crazy that shit was, <laughs> and so I went to I went to college down in San Diego, and so this time I had a ponga like a Mexican ponga. So I've always had I had it since I was sixteen. So like a ponga is like if you go down to yeah. South America or Mexico or something, yeah. they're the fucking ones you see on the boat. Yeah. So I grew I'll, up. Yeah. I grew up with one of those. So my dad he didn't want to buy me a whaler. But he's like, I'll buy you a $1,200 ponga and you know, put a little engine on the back of it. But those things are so freaking seaworthy. And the whole idea behind the ponga was the UN threw a contest on who could design the most efficient boat for fishing resources off the beach of any coast, and that's why they're so long and skinny so they can go through the surf and different.
1: And they got a lot of rocker and makeup.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're just freaking workhorses. So I always had one of those. So then I went to school in San Diego. And that's when, like, I started traveling Baja. Because like, I always went down to Baja on my dad's boat. But that's well, you when...
0: Could, I know you had to get straight A's to get out of Utah. Yeah. Well, you couldn't school. Well, no,
2: they put me on freaking Adderall for one year. No, or, or what do you call it, Ritalin, one year. I was the biggest dick to everybody I knew. Like On Riddling? On Ritalin, yeah. like literally. But girls liked it more. Like literally. I don't understand how that shit works. But the meaner you are to girls, the more they like <laughs> it. <laughs> it. it is fucking That weird. is true. It is fucking I mean, weird. I don't know if it's factual so, but it's true. I I think I had more girls friends that year and but I was fucking super hyper focused on school snowboarding and school everything. But it wasn't me, dude. I fucking hated it. You yeah. know what I Didn't mean? Didn't you
1: like, feel good? Not right in the head. It was Who, just like who fucking, put you on Adderall? The...
2: Dude, it was because I had to fucking go away to fucking school. And like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, I don't know who the fuck did it. Yeah.
0: But they're like, like hey, he's a problem.
2: At the time, yeah. it was like... Take You're a your problem. Fucking, we need take to, Take your, like- your fucking meds. And I was like, dude, all right, dude. this My armpits are
1: sweating, but I'm getting straight A's. Like, you know, I'm up 20 hours and a day. But I don't need sleep. Sleep's a waste. Toss, you know, what's two plus two? <laughs> Four! <laughs> <laughs> but the thing was, is a bunch of people were
2: getting kicked out of school for smoking weed and mm. drinking and everything. And I was like, dude, you know what? I'm freaking like I, am, I get out of school at 2 o'clock and I have a, a pass to Brighton and Wolf Mountain and another so I'm getting in a, in a van at 2 o'clock and I'm going to snowboarding and that's the reason my coach didn't want to take me because I would just terrify everybody in the car dude I would just fuck with everybody the <laughs> whole time you know like literally like until the snowboard coach is like "You yeah your son made it to nationals but I refuse to take him because the Nationals was like in Vail, Colorado. You had to do a full travel. Trip. I'm not driving him to Vail, Colorado. Like, you can come <laughs> out and pick your son up if you want him to go to Nationals. Like, none of my guys made it, okay? He's, just he's the only one. He was just pissed off because he's a racer. <laughs>
0: so you're back here in yeah, Newport. Yeah, so,
2: so I graduated from, from Newport Harbor with all my buddies. And you went to school in San Diego. So then I went to school down in San Diego and, and like college the college what was it So I went to a school called AIU which uh, and my wife went to USD and so anyway I was going to go into architecture because my mom's an artist my dad's an engineer I was into it at first yeah but then I then I found out how long architecture school was and then I was like okay I'm going for an international business degree so that's what I ended up getting international, but so, international so business my, degree so my roommate his name is Dave Solomon and he fucking rips at surfing and he's so good at the lineup at talking to people and everybody knows the guy dude so South Mission Jetty dude normally dude, South really, Mission Jetty South Mission Jetty you battle out of South Mission Jetty dude you're getting your ass kicked out of there even though i'm with he he was accepted there and i was living right on south mission jd like so i lived in on westbourne in la jolla and then i lived in pb and i lived in south mission and so growing up down there going to school i worked at a place called el pescador you guys have heard of that place i don't know if you have but it's like a fish market similar to bear flag it was freaking right up my alley i'd already like worked on fishing boats my whole life like Growing up in Newport, in the summertime, I worked on fishing boats. I worked on Bongos, worked on a boat Fin Fever, I worked on a boat High Count, and a boat called Limitless.
1: That was your that was your high job. school, your high school in, job.
2: So in high school, dude, you make two hundred to three hundred dollars a day working on a boat, and then you can go out. Back and, then. Back then, fucking yeah. crushing. Oh yeah, crushing. Yeah. Fine. Hard work, work though. But it, but it, yeah, it's, hard work. But buying skateboards, buying surfboards, yeah. buying whatever you want, you know what I mean. Beer. And I did two hundred bucks too. a day today. is fucking insane. Yeah, no, it was incredible, and it was El Nino, so it was like, dude, the water was yeah, warm, the fishing was fish. fish We caught
1: was so the better the fishing, fish, the better the boats did, the more you probably made too. Like it. When, the it to
2: when the customers weren't looking, I was chucking fish overboard like this because we had so much fish. They wanted to catch more. The hatches on the boat and the coolers wouldn't even shut. And they're like, let's just get one more. Of them. What the fuck are you guys talking about? You guys have 60 Dorado, 60 Elfin, 60 Albacore, 60 Yellowtail, and you want fucking. Wh- what else do you want? Wow. Like, and a fucking Marlin on board, and you want more? <laughs> like, we don't even have enough Ziploc bags for this. Like, I'm fucking feeding crabs at this point. Like, Whoa, look at that seagull. (laughs) Because it's like, I got to cut every single one of those fish. You got to fillet all those things. But so, because I got good at cutting fish, when I went down to San Diego, I started working at restaurants, and that's how the whole thing came together. So, I was cutting fish on a boat. And I got really good at it because that's what I'm doing every single
1: day. And you, you, ha, you had somebody that showed you, like, hey, this is the route. Like, this is what you do. Well, or you well, kind like of you figure out watching. Cooking,
2: yeah, you watch. You figure it out. You know what I mean? It's like just like anything. You yeah, and then I mean, it's this muscle so, memory. To backtrack, well, backtrack you mean, a little bit. No, it's bit. figuring out your own style, dude. Just like surfing, just like skateboarding. You figure out your own style. Like, what? Of, hey. Of, efficiency. Delaying of, you know, a fish. It, yeah, yeah, cutting fish.
0: Backtrack. To when you were growing up here, your dad was a boat builder. Yeah, boat right? builder. Yeah.
2: And what did you? So I grew up. I grew up on a boat. Yeah. Every weekend we'd go to Catalina. We'd go to Mexico. We go, and so literally. And you fish. My dad has two sons, and my mom and my sister they are not deckhands so my brother and i were the ones like, you did everything. everything yeah so you just learn at a really early age freaking how to tie knots what to do at the right time and my dad's like a drill sergeant so it's yeah. like dude you want to get it done before he fucking tells you what you're doing yeah. wrong you know what i mean so you're just on it all the time
1: i i fucking love that that's but fucking, you're learning it's he's doing it for re- you know he's like that because he's like hey yeah you don't well order and, he has, or,
2: and he yeah. he's freaking too cheap to hire a fucking captain to help so but hey <laughs> how maybe he's teaching us the hard way I don't know yeah like, that's what it supposed to be <laughs> like, right <laughs> how,
0: how how like indebted are you for all those life lessons right? I
2: am totally indebted and you know what the thing is is when you look back on it and you look back at the big picture of everything. If I didn't do that and, and and the thing is is like, you know, the the little things, yeah, of course and like taking sailing and doing that, but even the these guys were monumental dudes. Like so you did not want to let those guys down. Yeah. yeah. Especially like you know, like Gary Hill, for instance. I don't know if you know who he is, but he runs a fuel dock in Newport he is the hardest working fucker you'll ever meet, you know? And when you're pulling up to the field dock, and you left at freaking nine o'clock the night before and you're pulling up at four o'clock in the afternoon covered in blood and you're refilling your boat and you have that guy see you fucking work, still fucking working, he knows that fucking you're not a fucking pussy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what it is, is like, hey, I've proven myself to so many different people that I put the work in to do it, to know. And then that's not even in the restaurant business. That's just on the boat. (laughs) So the restaurant business is a whole nother thing. Yeah. You got to prove yourself. But because I was on, because I was a cutter on the boat and a deckhand and a second captain and all that, I had responsibilities big time. Yeah. I was a young age, but you make good money. A lot of responsibility. So so, go ahead. so, So like, the first job that I got was on bongos and they're down in Basin Marine down kind of like in the back bay and I was 15, 16, this is like right when I got back from Mammoth and I love fishing so I was like I'm going to get a job on this boat, you know my brother was a little younger and he's like I want to get a job on the boat and I was like okay well I'm just going to go down here every day on my beach cruiser and start asking for (laughs) jobs, and And so I go down every day and they're like Nope, not iron today. And I'd be like, they'd be like, come back tomorrow. And I was just so stupid. I came back tomorrow. Like, <laughs> fucking, okay. That's what the man said. And you say, come back tomorrow. Like, he goes, hiring. Oh, no, no. How many
1: days do you think we get this guy to show up every day on his boat? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and <laughs> then, Little punk?
2: Hey, by day five, fucking, you know. <laughs> All right, he's serious. Fucking, yeah. Some yeah. fucking crackhead that worked on the boat didn't fucking show up. Wow, yeah. And they're like, hey, guess what? It's your fucking lucky day, dude. Fucking, you're on. Be here tomorrow at four in the morning. I'm like done, dude. Lock my bike up. fucking be like, there at four in the morning. And so that kind of, st- but I like I already worked for my dad, so it was like you just yeah, come he, on, you
0: didn't come on work, hard work. Hard work was
1: nothing. Second nature. Dude. Yeah, second nature. But, but just somewhat of experience just, on like
2: cutting fish. Yeah, yeah. yeah, dude. No, I didn't cut fucking like, sixty fucking like, Dorado a day. No, that was like okay, like. And the guy, the owner, Joe, came out and showed me one real quick. This is how you do it. I'm like, okay, fuck it, I'm gonna fuck all this shit up. Yeah. But dude, after a while you just get it. You know yeah I man, like don't the thing is, is the worst is to ask questions when you don't know what you're doing. Just freaking pretend like you know what you're doing and eventually
1: you're gonna figure it out. Yeah. Watch. Watch. Yeah. Watch.
3: Yeah. and pay attention. trial and error and trial yeah. and error pay, pay out.
0: attention and yeah and yeah, yeah. And what, what do
1: they say measure yeah. twice cut once. But, but just having confidence in yourself too that you're going to like like i might screw up a few and that's okay i'm going to figure it out yeah, yeah.
3: like was, you know knowing you're going to figure it I'm out so, so that out was your it. first job at the, yeah so working on bus, bongos
2: bongos okay bongos for fishing and the thing is is this guy richard ruffini he's a fireman in newport now When I first opened Bear Flag, he came in just to scope it out, but like, so Richard, he's an Italian dude, but that guy is the guy you want on your side if, let's say you were in a freaking accident or anything, like, dude, the guy was the best boss ever, like, and I mean, believe me, he got mad at me multiple times. Like, I was supposed to be up in the tuna tower looking for kelp patties, you know, like, Fucking, that was my job. Yeah. And I'd be fucking sound asleep because I was working party the night before, you know, working. And he'd be like, you see that one? You see that one? And I'd wake up and be right at this giant one right in front of the boat. Like, I'd be like, oh, fuck. Like, but he wouldn't give me shit, you know, he just, but the guy was just such a ass motherfucker. Yeah. Like a paramedic fireman born to be that dude, like a life saving dude. Like, literally, if I had to pick one guy in the world, if I was in a bad accident, that would be the guy that I'd want. You know what I mean? That's bad. What was that guy's name? Richard Ruffini. Richard Ruffini. He's still a Newport Beach fireman, but he was my first boss. So when he comes <clears> in to Bear flag, I always go, you guys, this is my first boss over here, dude. I gotta freaking I got a freaking comp this shit. Yeah, dude. yeah. This yeah. guy taught me everything I know, dude. Pay respect. He was just fucking and even his sister, like, from what I heard, is like that. Like, you know, and you just have it in your it's in, your, in their DNA d- d- just gnarly, yeah, like yeah. they can handle it all. Oh, uh, he he is just calm under pressure and just highly focused yeah. that's what i love about this story
1: he's a killer is like, you're, you're, you're you're he's a killer you're talking about all these influential people he's a savior your life, you know he's
0: a killer but he's a savior but just right? like he knows how to kill but he knows how to like oh, yeah. save
1: but just yeah. all these days it's people, awesome. put a, a, like a huge impression on you that like they might have been tough at the time whether it's an old boss or whatever but they are just like well so far
3: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so far, the the, the people that I, I feel like have made a huge impact on on your life today, yeah. of course your dad, right? And your mom a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah. And then fucking Knife. Knife is fucking
2: gnarly. Knife's been... My, dude, when that guy passed away, <laughs> he went in for a hernia surgery and didn't come out, dude. It was the worst freaking
1: thing. Something mild that thousands of people go through a day. Yeah, Like, Ooh. not a...
2: Life-threatening surgery. Oh my gosh, it was such a bummer. But the thing is, is like, you know, when you know somebody so good, where you don't want to see him in that other place ever. Like, Painter. I never want to see that guy in a hospital bed. Like, I know that guy so well from yeah. just his stories and his life. I I can let it go and yeah. just be like, you know, like that guy. That's how he wanted. He didn't want anybody to freaking course and bad asses
0: don't fucking want that no they say look no, away no like forget out about out. me they're <laughs> <If> going <laughs> no. out on a ball of
1: like some but, fucking yeah, great bike yeah, but you know but so,
0: the people that are gnarly in your life your your dad your mom knife and this guy rafini like yeah they're, they're
2: I have many many you know mentors that yeah. have there's another guy fred duckett who who's like a john wayne dude of my dad's generation. And that's the whole reason that I got into the fish business, really, was because of him. So, working on fishing boats sucks, by the way. You're cutting Fucking boats, you're fucking, you know, For everyday, company, fucking, and you can't have a girlfriend. You make tons of money, but, dude, the, yeah. think about when you're out on the ocean and you don't have a fucking cell phone. What, what do you think your girlfriend's doing? Partying with a bunch of other people. Like, You know, you have no control over
1: anything. Long days, you come out and you're beat and you got to get up at 4 in the morning. You're sacrificing. Yeah,
2: and then your mind's kind of going because you can't fucking, there's no land, dude. You're You're on a boat with a bunch of dudes. Yeah, so... um, (laughs) Anyway, I knew that was not the freaking lifestyle that I wanted, but this guy, Fred Duckett, used to rent uh, my dad's shop. My dad's shop was a, a metal shop right down the street in Costa Mesa, and he had a big wood shop and he was building the fish market del mar and he owns all the blue water del mar
0: down south yeah down
2: south the fish market and so he ran in my dad's shop from and this guy was a developer and this guy was like probably six four freaking he owned a boat called the pelakia plank boat swordfish boat badass fucking boat like one of the most badass boats there is but the guy was literally like just like a John Wayne dude type of dude. And so when I moved to San Diego out of college, I worked for him as a fish market Del Mar. And
0: y- you met him when you moved out? Well I
2: met him from my dad when I was younger. Oh shit. So I grew up with the guy. The guy was always peeling off hundreds. The guy was a developer, dude. But he had a bankroll. He had a bankroll of hundreds that he'd just fucking peel off. Yeah, like I like and he this was guy. the best sword fisherman. But he had other people doing it. Like he was just the mastermind behind it.
3: Yeah,
2: duck he, it, duck it, duck it. He was just like a six freaking three, six four dude, developer with fucking unlimited amount of dough on him at all times. Like
0: commercial real estate and
2: developer, dude, shopping centers. Okay. But he he got in the restaurant business. He actually took crab cookers, fucking soup and had it formulated in front of a lab to make <laughs> the same soup epic. Like the guy was just fucking didn't give a fuck, you know? That's he that shit knew he knew how out. to like make money. Dude he just didn't give a fuck. He didn't give a fuck about anything. But he was just cool. You know what yeah. I mean? Like
1: So you're he, down in San Diego sounds fucking work I'm
2: San Diego and so I get a job with, I want a job as a waiter. And of course, dude, all my experience is in cutting fish. So they have a fish market there in the, the back of the house and they're like, well, sorry, there's no waiter positions, but we have a seafood position opening up at the fish market, you can work there. And so the first day, the guy, Josh, is like, okay, you know, welcome to the team. I've been working here for like five years now. So I just wanna let you know that we, we don't pull tips here like if somebody tips us, we pocket our tips. You're like, there's just, no pool. Like, yeah, no, it no just, pool. individual, individual. Yeah. individual. You're like, what what I So uh, I was like, okay, dude, whatever the rules are, dude, I don't care, dude, Fucking. you know, I've worked in one restaurant before, before this, I'm just happy to have a job. In comes Fred Duggett, Carson, Jr. He called me Jr. Cause my dad's name is Tom Carson. and I was a Tom Carson Jr. So he just called me Jr. Hey Junior, I need a Caesar salad. And I was like, okay, what do you want? And I don't even know the menu or anything. I'm like, what do you what else can I get you? He's like, just a plain Caesar salad, no chicken, no nothing. Just I'm like, okay, fucking Just learn how to use the fucking register, you know, put it in. What, what restaurant were you at? The fish market Del Mar. Okay. And he would just hand me a hundred bucks. And the fucking every Keep fucking it. time. And then Josh goes and goes what the fuck, dude? I, I didn't know you knew who Fred was. And I was like, yeah, he's my dad's friend. And so he came in every single day, ordered a plain season salad, and gave me 100 bucks every day. Shit. And the guy, Josh, was like, fucking motherfucker, dude. Yeah, I know, pull out. told
3: me. Yeah. <laughs> told
2: me new friend, And so, but yeah. from there, like, you know, then I started working back in the house. Like, dude, talking to all the Mexican dudes that were working in the back of the house. Then I just started Bible, dude, because I was like, you know what, dude? I'm learning so much right now. I'm like, I have this freaking gold leaf Bible, like that my mom gave me, that was just for notes, and I just started taking notes down and just freaking everything about like, how smart recipes, fucking. Because you're interested on how everything works, you're in, in, you're in like, college, weird. right? Yeah, I'm in college now, and I was going like, to be weird. a architect. Yeah, but architect business I don't know what I'm gonna be. Oh yeah, you went
0: international. Sorry. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I don't know at this point, but then I started working, and then I became a sushi chef. A sushi I, a, chef. Yeah, Zambu. And the first day of working at Zambu, we had a big blue fin on the table like this, you know, like a fucking giant blue fin. And he goes, "Hey, Toss, I just want to know, or Tommy, how, how would you cut this fucking?" tuna if this was you and i go okay do you want me to cut it like if it was my tuna and nobody was here and i was like yeah i'll fucking okay well, let's do it and so like I got on top of a fucking fish and straddled it like I was, like you know legs fucking over it <laughs> i cut the collar first i cut everything and then i just cut down the backbone but like you need leverage to do it. I can't do it from right here. Yeah, you need to come straight and, and then as soon as I did it the fucking loin fell off and he goes, Okay And then I got off and I, and and he's like, Okay, you're cutting all of my tuna from now on And then the little Japanese guy that cuts all his tuna was like Shit, dude. Like I'm like, I don't know if that was good or bad, dude. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. But anyway, I started cutting all the tuna after that. And then I was on setup at Nobu for fucking probably like a year and a half, two years. So wait and that's when Tim Johnson came in. He took me under his wing and he fucking taught me like a lot about the Japanese style where like I had I didn't have technique but I had skill. Yeah. And then you take technique and you mix it with skill and then that evolves you as like really being a chef. And that's kinda like What really took me to the confidence level of being able to like go, hey, okay, now I know what I'm doing, and now I got fucking backup. Like, I got this guy telling me the technique on how you stand, how you hold your knife, how you do this, which nobody has ever
1: told me before. All the, like, yeah, all the leverage and all the, just just the right moves. So, hold on. Fuck. That's so cool. From working
0: at the restaurant... Getting a hundred bucks from Duckett, him ordering Caesar salad. You went to Zembu.
2: No, then I went to El Pescador. I went to another restaurant. I bounced around a bunch of restaurants,
1: just freaking trying to
2: find. And like but Zembu was like the party spot, and and because I want to be a waiter, you can't be a oh, fucking waiter working in a fish market, but at a sushi restaurant, when you're on the case, you're. A chef and a waiter so you get tipped out so i was like dude this and drinks drink. and drinks
1: <laughs> and
2: meanwhile like, you're bringing a 30 pack into work yeah. at this place because so,
0: a sushi chef right
2: yeah you, you were gonna get, I, I i i can freaking do whoa. anything that with a fucking sushi knife that any sushi chef can do but you're good. talking like
0: traditional sushi traditional chef? everything okay. Nobu and, and I know and, yeah. I, and I'm like, like, like I'm, I'm tripping because oh, yeah. Zenbu
2: I'm on the case dude I'm on the case making fucking sushi I was behind the case for like two months making all their pre-rolls and then handing it to them and then they'd finish them and so because it's an art like pretty much like you're in the back no but there. I would get there so I worked trapped, and every you did all I get there I went to El Pescador at 8 in the morning and I had to leave there early at 3 I'd get to Zambu at 3 and I'd work till 6 and nobody would get there till 6 so from 3 to 6 I would set up all the all the sushi cases so yeah. it was like a horseshoe of sushi cases all the fish was in it everything was cut everything was done all the salads was made. Everything was fucking done. They had to walk in.
1: They were the. They were the. They're the artists. They're the artists. You you, you would lay it all, it all up.
2: And you literally, he would taste yeah. the rice and go, "Fucking, you, you had didn't the right. cut the rice. Right, you didn't cut the fucking rice right." Wow. wow. You didn't fucking do this. And I'd be like, so was Zenbu like a, a a famous sushi spot? Dude, it was a party spot. Party spot. Okay. And, and then, then, but Tim Johnson was. 6'4 with green eyes and his mom wrote Sushi for Dummies and the guy was the best sushi chef I've ever met in my whole life. Hmm. And he took me what? under Tim, Tim Johnson. Tim Johnson? And he and he's a surfer from La Jolla, dude. Fucking wow. badass. Anybody that's 6'4 or 6'5 with green eyes that's Japanese you fucking give us a little respect. Dude. Yeah! <laughs> dude, Wait.
1: The guy's like royalty dude yeah. somewhere. Somewhere along well, the line, I mean, just I mean, how expensive like sushi and, and like fresh fish and like how delicate it, was like, it is it was like like, an, it was like, a like a the no. margin of
3: error is like nobu you, you just wasted
1: there. like I mean, you just wasted thirty dollars worth of food because you didn't cut it. You know, like I get the so, pressure has got to be crazy at first, dude. So what we It was, so like, it it
2: was like, to... like a Nobu of La Jolla, but it was more of like a party yeah. spot. But they they did everything custom, like things lit on fire, like. I mean, dude. It was a hot spot. It was fucking fun. Yeah. B- bougie
0: it party. Studio 54.
2: But, so kay. so from Zembu. Zembu is kind of like... Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, but... Zembu is kind of like a, a spot where you... Where you are like... Grounded, where you learn technique you learn everything you learn all like the the ropes yep so so really like after that I had a lot of confidence because of the people that I was with there and like what i learned for, for being a chef and being on a case like when you're on a case and you're dealing with customers and people are requesting different things, rolls, scallops, this, bluefin. Like, you pretty much figure it out, you know? And of course, I had friends coming in, sitting in front of me, which was, even made it more fun, buying me drinks. But it was a fun place to work, bottom line. It was- Were you making good money? We are making good money. We were making crazy. More
0: money than working on a
2: boat? We were walking with $500 a night. Like, easily. And so-
0: Did you know that?
2: well i mean the 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 head guys were making way more money you know so i was still like what you would call a a pinhead like on a (laughs) boat (laughs) a pinhead on a boat is the deckhand you know yeah but at the same time, like, they knew I had skill and so they were like, they were bringing me up. They were, they were how many, took me under their wing. How many there. white
0: guys were chefs?
2: Dude, there was a couple of white guys that were chefs but Tim was the master. You know what I mean? And if Tim is half Japanese cre- or? He, if you saw the creations this guy could do, like, nobody could compete with this guy. He was incredible. I mean, Did he fun, own the restaurant or? No, he didn't. Matt Rymel owned the restaurant. So Rymel was the one. And then, so, from there, I moved home, and my wife was in the mortgage business. She wasn't my wife at the time, girlfriend at the time. And she was in the mortgage industry, and now we're getting into, like, 2007. And so, I told her that I wanted to open a fish market, like, and she's like, yeah, 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 you know, follow your fucking dreams." She was very supportive, actually, like, you know, more than, like a wife making twice as much money as you should be you know like how are you <laughs> gonna fucking afford to yeah. take care of me and so she knew what my dream was like hey i'm gonna open a fish market and the way i looked at it in san diego was like hey san diego is so spread out and it's so hard to be focused and coming from newport where like i had bulkum i had quicksilver i had Fucking Patanori with Ruka. I had all these mentors that were running businesses that I could look up to and see how they're like marketing and see how they're running their shit, which really helped me. So I was like, you know what? All I got to do, this is a different angle. And life's angles, dude. Like being a boxer, dude. If this angle doesn't work, switch angles and fucking this angle will work. So In 2007, I was working, well, I moved home in 2005, and I started working at Bristol Farms.
0: Bristol Farms.
2: Bristol Farms, and I remember, I hope this is on the podcast, but, so, I, it was the day after Halloween, and I had to go into Bristol Farms and call me in for a drug test, and I swear, like, I was, like, fucking still fucked up on, who knows what. And so I come in. I didn't know it was a drug test. I thought it was just an interview. So I'm like, okay, I'm coming in for a second interview. Like, okay, by the way, you got to pee in this cup, and I, you know, I take the swab. Bristol Farms. I take take the
1: swab.
3: You're not test. you're not flying a plane or <laughs> driving yeah. a freaking
1: bus or you're you're, you're <laughs> yeah, at Bristol Farms. what Bristol Farms? So what
0: was your uh, what were you applying a
2: job for? So I was applying a job for sushi chef there because they have a sushi department. But the seafood department and meat department, I knew they needed help there too. So it was like, if I get in on sushi, then I can get in on the meat department and seafood department too. Like, they're all one. And so anyway, I went in after Halloween, I took my drug test, and I was like, okay, well, we can fucking skip that. Kiss that goodbye. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And they literally called me freaking a week later, and they are like, okay everything's clear like and i was like are you fucking kidding? What, what are you testing for like what <laughs> the fuck are you kidding me like and so they're like you're hired you know and so i started working at bristol farm so i worked there for two years so 2005 Dang. to 2007 i was running everything i was running the meat department the seafood department and sushi department i could do everything yeah. i could freaking trim meat i could freaking fillet fish
0: Bristol Farms, in, where
2: on Avocado in Newport. Okay, and so is there. So why was that? Why did you want to work there? So, so the reason why I want to work there was because I've already done the restaurant industry, and I was like, I want to see how these grocery stores operate, operate because I want to open a fish market. I want to see like what hey. the what the grocery store does. Mm-hmm. Let's see what this fucking business is all about. You know, was
0: it was it a good. Like so, career, well, like money, or well,
2: the thing, the money. No, I made seven dollars an hour, seven fucking dollars an hour. My mo- my wife is working in the mortgage and commercial, killing not it. residential, commercial, Maybe killing, fucking, it. a killing. And, so, I'm, and I'm bringing home seven dollars an hour, like.
0: But I, your plan was, you already had the plan of opening up I, a fish I farm. I have a plan, okay. And you, this, you, you were going to go to school again at Bristol Farms
2: well i just wanted to go check it out yeah and so what i learned there was how much a grocery store really wastes the amount of shit that sits on the shelf and the amount of waste that goes on in a grocery store is disgusting by the way yeah it is absolutely disgusting and to me like that was like the ultimate like i need to i need to freaking open an efficient like fish market where people can go get fresh fish without all this waste and all this other bullshit tied to it like a little local community fish market so anyway I worked there until 2007 and then I put in my two weeks because they were giving me a raise but I wasn't the best in play I didn't get there on time every fucking day like you know like they want and so anyway I told them I'm like I'm putting in my two weeks and they're like okay well we really want you to go to corporate like and work in the commissary kitchen of corporate and i was like well i already put in my two weeks like i'm fucking out of here and they're like no but we'll give you a raise and then you'll be on salary and you can commute up to and i'm like commute like they wanted me to commute on the freeway up to cherry street like (whistles) cherry is fucking far away like long beach Yeah, that's past Bellflower, dude. Like, I'm like, I'm not fucking driving on the freeway. No fucking way. So then...
1: (laughs) Long Beach. Yeah.
2: So then I was like, you know... He's never been a rep. I'm starting fucking Bear Flag. That's it. So I... You already had the name, everything already... Well, so, so Bear Flag, this is... Like, where Bear Flag came from. So my dad tried to buy a tugboat in San Francisco before he built Bear Flag. And it was called Bear Flag. And so the tugboat captain was like, okay, I'll sell it to you, but I gotta cut the boat in half and then I'm gonna weld it back together. And then you can have it. And my dad's like, I'm not gonna buy a boat that's been cut in half and weld it back together. But the reason they do that is for competition. So you can't pee a tugboat. Cause if you have a, boat, a tugboat that's been cut in half, you can't tow. Like, wow. So my dad was like, okay, well, you know what? I'm not gonna buy your boat, but tell me what's, what's behind the name Bear Flag and so the guy's like well you know it wasn't my boat it was my, my father in law's boat and he told me that he named it after the book Canary Row and he's like uh, my dad's like okay well, Canary Row what's he's like yeah it was a brothel up in up in Monterey where all the Marines went it was called Bear Flag and my dad's like oh that's fucking cool that's I mean. <laughs> he's like Okay, well, I'm going to go build my own bear flag. And so that's when my dad decided to build his boat. And this was in, like, 1980. And so he named it Bear Flag. And so I grew up on a boat called Bear Flag, and I never really knew the name behind it. It was always, like, the Bear Flag Revolution, like, behind, like, you know, the Mexico... California. California, Mexican War, and all this stuff. Because we had books like that on the boat and then like later on once I got to be a teenager my dad's like you know do you know where the name really comes from it was a fucking brothel from Monterey <laughs> and, and you the, thought
3: that's even way cooler and dad and it,
2: and it was in the book Canary Row so I read the book Canary Row and I was like holy shit dude they refer to the fucking bear flag the whole book like this is fucking cool that's right and then so the first bear flag was I signed a lease with this guy Darren Wilson And he had a couple properties down in the Cameron Village. And he was just, he was working with somebody else who owned the properties. And he was a property manager. But this garage, this Volkswagen bus garage opened up. Or Volkswagen mechanic shop opened up. And that's where Bob Taco is now, right behind Rudy's. And he's like, actually, dude, this place is available. But he's like, I... That was an OG spot. He's like, yeah, but it's not it's not zoned for a restaurant, but you could go in as a catering company and they can't say shit. So originally what I did was is I opened the first Bear Flag as a catering company and it's still under a catering license, but he's like, but the zoning's gonna change. And he's like, next year they're gonna rezone it as a restaurant, you know? So the first year of owning Bear Flag, I had no fucking tables or seats. People came in and they ate on the tailgate of their freaking truck after they were surfing. And just came in and like were like, you know, I can't believe how cool they were about it. But they just accepted the fact that I didn't have tables. And then so slowly, gradually, we built these cement blocks in front of them, in front of the place that were, like, not supposed to be seating, but people started using those. And yeah, there's no chairs. It was just yeah. places to sit. Yeah, yeah, places to sit. And then we added tables. But I thought, I'm like, you know what? Uh, freaking, I'm in the Cannery Village, Cannery Row, freaking Bear Flag. I'm like, I got it. My dad's got a boat out there. And, you know, freaking growing up with seeing Volcom and Quicksilver, I'm like, I got freaking marketing already built in. Like, you're going to hit up these guys. My and... dad's boat's called Bear Flag, and it's a freaking giant fishing boat in the bay. So people will think, like, hey, we catch all our own fish, or whatever, you know? I wasn't really thinking that. I was just using that. Hey, yeah. Whatever leverage Whatever get people yeah. in the door. Yeah. But when I left Bristol Farms, I, you know, I signed a lease down there. And I remember it was Thanksgiving 2007, and my sister is a freaking shark. She, you know, Val Victorian USC, Anderson Business School, top executive at Toyota, like fucking, like, you don't cross her fucking, you know, do not even try to get in an argument. So she's a
0: shrewd businesswoman.
2: Yeah, and so I I pitched the idea of Thanksgiving because I thought Thanksgiving, like, nobody can shut me down at Thanksgiving. Like, hey, (laughs) I'm, I'm fucking opening this fish market. And my sister, the first thing she said was, you know what? The mom and pop shops are out. Nobody wants to freaking go to a mom and pop shop anymore. Like the Home Depots, Costco's, Freaking Walmart for taking Cause she's over. coming from a Toyota perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's like, nobody's gonna ever do that. She's like, your business is fucking gonna fail. And so that was meanwhile while I'm asking my dad for like a loan, you know, and I got fucking shut down hard. And my dad, he was nice enough to go, hey, if you want one piece of restaurant equipment, I'll buy it for you. One, pick one piece and I'll buy Most it for you. Because I can write, I can depreciate it through my company. You yeah. Know, And then so I went to my wife's parents, and I was like, okay, so I got my wife's dad. And he was a pro tennis player. He played Wimbledon. Fuck off. Yeah, he's fucking a badass. Who is he? His name's Jan-Erik Palm. He's from Sweden.
3: Jan-Erik
2: Palm? Jan-Erik Palm. Jan-Erik Palm, okay. So he moved here with a tennis racket and a backpack, you know. And he lives on the bay in Newport, by the way. He got into commercial real estate, fucking... Dude, hit this, it all This apart. story
0: just keeps getting more and more interesting. And so
2: I went to him and I was like, hey, Yannick, here's my business plan. This is what I want to do. And at this time, I'm engaged to his daughter. So, like, I have to figure out how to, you know, right. freaking pay for his right. daughter's future. Yeah. And I tell him my business plan. And he goes, toss, you know what? I think it's a really good idea, but if I were you, I'd get into commercial real estate. Like, and <laughs> just fucking shut me down right away. And I was like, okay, fucking plan B, fail. So my wife's in the mortgage industry, and I was like, hey, honey, who you, I got shut down, dude. I got fucking nothing. Like, literally zip zero. Your dad told me to get into commercial real estate. My dad told me to fuck off. And she's like, we just bought a house together. And so luckily we pitched in some money together and had bought a house. And we had like 100 grand that we put down on a house. And she's like, well, I can get $50,000. And so the first bear flag, she ran through the fucking mortgage right before the freaking whole thing crashed. 2008. 2008 was when it crashed. We got we got freaking funded in 2007, 2008, like on the border, and we got fifty thousand dollars. And so the land was nothing, nothing. It was freaking nothing. The, the restaurant I'm building right now is costing one point eight million dollars at Crystal Coat for a remodel on a restaurant. So it was like, but you know what? It got the foot in the door you know what I mean and when you're passionate and here's the thing and this is like the moral of the whole story is when you are that good at something just like freaking anybody knows that they're good at something you know you're not going to fail there yeah. is no there is no room for failure because no. you're that fucking good at what you you're do you're resilient
1: and there's workarounds like you said in boxing you're going to just find you're another angle you're
2: good at it and i knew that there is no room for failure. So i was like, you know what? I no matter what angle, i fucking have to go at, i can make this happen. I'm not worried about it. I never
1: was worried about it. Okay. But
0: can i just interject here? So
1: are we going to recap the last No, we're not going to recap, hours?
0: but we're it's it's kind of not confusing, but it's so gnarly to to Go over, like, think about okay, he fucking went to school to become an architect and then he became international business. business. Yeah. And then you started working at Zembu and then you worked like all that time at Zembu, right? You're making really good money. You're making 500 bucks.
2: Just blowing it on party.
0: 500 bucks a day, right? Yeah,
2: blowing. And
0: in your mind, you're like, oh, you know. Back then, you're thinking, I can open up something like this. I can open up a fish... No, you
2: know what I was doing? I'll tell you what I was doing. I was like, okay, how can I freaking fuel up my panga and freaking go to Mexico for spring break and go down to Scorpion Bay and go surf and fish? Literally, I was just trying to save money just to go... Have fun. Yeah. To tow my boat and go down to Mexico. Yeah. Go freaking... How do you fund
0: how do you fund your fun yeah that's right what it was. It okay was, so so you worked at zembu right yeah and you're making fuck all money
2: yeah. 500 bucks a day like yeah, you're killing that, it you know that can always fluctuates. it fluctuates
0: think, but you're killing it yeah but you're learning valuable experience that was the most right and and uh so after that right you you um went to bristol farms Which, like, what, like, you wanted to learn the the market side of it, right?
2: Honestly, I just needed a job, and when I moved home, I looked at, uh, and because of, like, the timing, like, 2006, 2005, like, all the mortgage shit, like, the whole high-end restaurant thing, like, just wasn't appealing to me, because I had already done it. And I was like, you know what, like, hey, let me figure out this one more side of something like, so that I know what not to do because.
0: So your your, your, uh, your thought though was eventually opening up a fish market, right? Like a, a market.
2: Yeah, when, once I was in San Diego and like working at all. Like a program. grab and go, like pokey,
1: yeah,
3: like
2: I was talking, all it, like something small. All,
1: what's a t- What's attainable? What can I do? That's not I'm crazy really, overhead. You're not opening a party sushi restaurant. You're just like, dude, I, I got a niche. Yeah. I know how to lay fish. I know how to buy. I know what to look for. Yeah. Let's start here.
2: I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I want to make the wheel spin better. And the thing is, is like when I was a kid, working on fishing boats, I'd go pass out bags of fish to everybody. Because like, I had so, so much fish. And everybody would be like, dude, that's the best fish we've ever had. And it's So like, why
0: didn't you yeah. like aspire to be like a... Fucking like fishing ch- uh, charter captain, or you know what I mean?
2: Because I did that, and that yeah, was that rough. The, the, the ocean was a rough. Time. Got it. Got it, dude. You're away from your fucking family. Dude, you're away from. Everybody. He wants the
1: billfold dropping hundreds. He wants to do what fucking uh, Duckett <laughs> <Ducky>. did. Yeah, <laughs> right. But Duckett
0: did like commercial real estate, right. which comes full is, circle. But, hey,
2: you know what? I got the harpoon boat, and and he Duckett had a harpoon boat. And our harpoon boat this year, freaking outfish everybody. This so number two has fifty-two fish this year. We have over a hundred fish. I got the best team set up. I got the fishing when I want to go out and go fishing. I got it set up, and and the reason I have it like that, from watching the freaking older dudes freaking do yeah, you know, paved the show way. you the way. I, I and that's the way to do it. Yeah. So and okay. Hopefully. And hopefully, yeah, I have younger guys looking out at me that I can take. And there's a lot of them that I've already taken under my wing. But still, these fucking legends live on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how it works. And you have to be able to like continue yeah. and pass the torch Yes. somehow. And okay. there was nobody really doing it in that's the rare. area so, that I is, was in. Which is so, so
0: important. You, you never really knew what... You were gonna do today, like, no. so okay, and right. going back, right? Like, you you left Bristol Farms, yeah, and, Just went went it. It. and, you, and you you there's a spot that was zoned for we'll catering. Mean, you can do catering.
2: Well, hey, time means everything, and this is what happened. And you can't, buy but time. but time time, time the, is everything. The,
0: the bear flag thing, you got the name. Got the name, yeah. And you you had the name in your head. Yeah. What was your business model? Like, what what were you... You were going to be a fish market?
2: Sell the freshest fish there is. And also have a restaurant, because the thing is with seafood. Catering. No, not fuck catering. I have a food truck. That's a whole other story. (laughs) But seafood expires, okay? So if you're not selling seafood and cooking it, you're making a big mistake. You know, and I knew Santa Monica seafood was fucking selling the fucking most expensive fish. I'm like, what do they do with all the old fish? What the fuck? Well, you don't sell the fish. Where does it go? So the whole business model of the grocery store, and seeing how much waste happened at Bristol Farms, I was like, how do I come up with a more efficient model that will work, where it's not old fish. It's from yesterday, but it just needs to fucking be cooked. It needs to go fucking out the door. Yeah. So you need to rotate and and like so. Then I started putting all the recipes together and try to come up with a very efficient business model that would work where there is no waste, where I'm not throwing things in the trash. And really, to tell you the truth, like I mean, right now we're sitting in. I have a wholesale distribution center now. And I have six restaurants and like the business model, it worked from the beginning, but really it's not in reinventing the wheel. It's just taking something that's already spinning and go, Hey, how do I add a spoke onto this wheel to make it spin better? Yeah. And really I'm doing it for my community. I'm not opening up in LA. So many people try to get me to open in LA and fucking all these other... Like, how do I do it for this freaking area? This is my, this is like the crown jewel for me. Yeah. And if I get this all figured out, maybe I can branch out. But really, I'd rather hyper-focus on what I care about, which is where I grew up. Yeah. And like the people that I grew up with. So so going back. And the families that freaking are here.
0: So going back, the place behind Wild Taco was your first spot. Yeah. Right? And you came with a business plan. You got turn, shut down by your sister you got shut down by your dad you yeah. and your wife said your wife's yeah we said you took 50 50 grand it. yeah 50 grand for your business venture yeah and what what did you do like,
2: like we, we freaking we signed a lease right there we converted it the landlord kicked in like thirty or forty thousand dollars on a remodel and dude i mean if you saw the place it was the
1: simplest simple yeah it was the i remember yeah 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 but we outgrew a what, what piece of equipment did you have your dad buy a big fridge fish case, <laughs> <Fish> case, <boss laughs> <$10, fish> case. yeah
2: and you know what i did afterwards which is freaking kind of mean but so i moved the business Lido because i had to because i yeah. got maxed out and so that fish case was freaking obviously uh Outdated and freaking outdated and not not, really. not not necessary anymore. So I put it up at a shop and I freaking parked it right at a shop. And I'm like, "You're the one that said that you wanted to depreciate it. Here it is, down <laughs> <laughs> And it sat there for about two years. And I had to get a tow truck to get it out of there. And go, okay, I'll get it out of here. I'm like, I just so, want to make sure you depreciate it well, all the way. <laughs> so
0: you you did you come out of the gate swinging and it was a successful business or like, tell well, us dude, about what I did.
2: Cause it's right like, right it right like, right. Like, dude, you know, I did the Volcom model, dude. I got a fucking patch made and I put it on a hat and I fucking started passing it out to people. just like fucking Volcom did. And I started guerrilla marketing and I had fresh fish and I had a bunch of friends in the, in the local community that yeah. helped. And, i'm tr- trying to Hustle. do i'm trying to do healthy food you know we're like literally we cook all our fish in coconut oil or olive oil like so what we're trying to do is just bring back the instead of like all the kids going to freaking carl's jr and getting donald's day, yeah freaking uh chicken, chicken stars and, yeah after they serve like come over and get freaking fresh Fish that we just pulled out of the ocean, and maybe that will inspire you to like, you know, go on and freaking become a water polo champion or something else. Yeah, you know, Navy Seal, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay, so so supply local fresh fish to my community is the goal. So
0: that location, first location, and you moved to Lido Isle. Yeah. The the.
2: And so everybody told me I was an idiot for doing. (laughs) <laughs> Everybody, talking, every single
1: person I talk to but why because like, it's hard to move and still hold yeah, that well, yeah exactly because but right it's now, like
2: across the street isn't it
1: oh dude, no
0: no
2: it's kind of far dude it was far yeah, yeah. yeah and it was a ghost town there was no Lido village there was no Lido hotel there was no West Marine there was a ghost town but the oh, only God. thing was is there was a liquor license that came with it Ooh. and I was like dude I got fucking now I'm not dealing with all the city shit with tables and all this stuff, like that I've been dealing with forever. Could do the same stuff, make, make sorry. I, I, I call on the and phone lose. and I said, Hey, I see this place is for lease, you know, like um like I got a restaurant that wants to go in there would, and they're like, Well, we're very exclusive about who we're gonna have go in there And so I was like, Well what do you what do you think about a a bear flag going in there? And she's like Oh, a bear flag? That's exactly what our owners thought fucking about. Said that we want something like a bear flag. And so after that, it was like fucking... How but funny. And then when I opened up, you, you there was nobody... to built a name for there yourself. There was fucking nobody there. The fucking patio, everything was empty. And then all of a sudden, the only reason I kept the old space and built Wild Taco was just to tell people that I moved. Because I figured another person was going to come in and be like, Oh yeah, Bear Flag's gone, fucking, yeah, they fucking closed.
0: No, they're around the
1: corner, but we got tacos
2: here too. Wild
0: Taco is you.
2: Yeah, Wild Taco is me. Kept the same spot. So I I kept it for real estate. Yeah. You know. And so, anyway, at least we could tell people where we moved, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And so, anyway, and then they built the Lido Hotel. They built Lido Village. I opened up a place called Circle Hook. Really? Dang. And Circle Hook's right in front of where we park the commercial boats. So I have two commercial boats, the barefoot One and Two. So I got a tuna boat and a swordfish so, boat. So at
1: what point do your your sister, Fuck your God. dad, your father-in-law, and everybody's like, oh, they, okay, they, hey, we want to know your business?
2: The they the team right away. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they do, hey, when, when's the uh, uh, next location we're in, right, family?
2: This is a bill right here. You guys, I'll give you this one. I got lots of them. What
0: is
1: this? This is a swordfish pill. Dang. I'm taking this, Laura. Fuck you. I got
0: two of them. Whoa. Look at the guy. Dude, I'm
1: taking this one. What
2: the heck? Put a coat on Are
0: you on. kidding me right now?
2: This is epic. Get out of here. This, this is mine. Get out of here. This one's actually cooler, dude. wait. wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, oh, dude, this thing's way. Yeah, those are the bills off the fucking surface. Like, we bleach them out, and that. dude,
0: that's fucking insane. So hold on a second. How long after Shits. your first location you turned into Wild Taco? You you got lead Then
2: I opened Urban Company. Well, no, I opened the one in uh, where Wild Taco is the original one, and then I opened the one at Urban Company Crystal Cove. I've been there for 12 years, so now I moved next door. I'm remodeling that place. So I opened up a place that's three times the size, full bar, fucking crazy. Yeah. Great. Wait till you see the store. It's going to be the at Mega Star. Yeah, Crystal Cove. It's the Mega Star. Did Lido, wow. was, that's a third spot? So Lido, Lido, the original one was where at Wild Taco. Yep. And then we opened up Lido. Okay, Lido. Okay. And then Lido Village, that area that was dead. Yes.
0: And all owners The owners beautiful-
2: of that owned Pacific City and they were looking to buy that. And when I moved in there, they were like, dude, because fucking Bear Flag just moved here, we're going to buy that center. They're like, I, I'm telling you. You, you helped them make that decision. Yeah, they're like, yeah. dude, I can see the foot traffic, dude. We can fucking, we're going to buy this place and yeah. I want you to open up a spot in here. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. But I want a fucking dock slip in front of it to do it. So then that's when I got the dock slip. And that's when the freaking boats came in. So now we have two commercial Epic. boats. Fuck! Yeah. You, you
0: finagled that
3: deal? Fucking, yeah, Not like, finagled, but finagled no. because you yes, brought... Yes, finagled! Well, Circle Hook is fucking great.
2: Circle Hook is freaking great. And what is, heart heart. What, you, what is
0: Circle Hook? What is that?
2: Circle Hook is like an oyster bar slash... like. Freaking little hangout on the water. And that's yeah. yours, too. Yeah. So, and then the that's boat's own right in front. It's its own brand, you know, but it's very similar, but more of like an oyster bar.
1: Yeah. God, we used to love the little one up in and the little slapfish one, the little oyster bar right there, mm-hmm. and it yeah. went away. It was... Yeah, least he's right I mean, in the zone. I know. But I just, that makes oyster it, bars
2: are catwalk, dude. Yeah. It's the catwalk, okay, now.
1: so the oyster bars are
0: freaking. I love them. I love them too. So yeah. from there, let's
2: go back to surfing. Yeah, back to surfing because this we always see. go back yeah. to surfing. I know. Yeah, I love it. So, but dude, Trips. having the boats, yeah, you know, and having the boats. Like, so I grew up. I don't know if you know Joey Marshall. Yes. But Joey Marshall's a good friend of mine. Yeah, I mean, he's freaking a badass. Well, his he's got a brother. Willie Marshall. Willie Marshall. Yeah. yeah Willie. So and Willie
0: is Bliss and.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, Joey's Bliss. Willie's Volcom.
0: Willie's Volcom. Who moved to Australia?
2: Willie. Willie. Yeah, Willie. Okay. So, but but Joey, like I met him because when I opened Bear Flag, Bliss was right behind him, right? Yep. Yeah. And so. That's I already right. knew Joey really well but like so, but Joey's a fucking charger I don't know if you know that yeah. guy fucking yeah. charges fucking big waves him Blackman fucking Ecker They're like dude, yeah. those guys yeah. are fucking not nice. yeah so because I had boats like I'd always go fucking Catalina Island and, and surf San Clemente Island with these yeah. guys and they'd fucking drag me out there on fucking these giant swells you know And so Joey, just to fucking say, that guy is not scared of any fucking waves there is. So, like, you know, we'd be on the backside of San Clemente, I'd be 20 foot. And I'd be in the shoulder, you know, my palm is covered in foam, by the way, because fucking, like, literally the backwash is, like, covering the rail. So people will drive by, they don't even see the boat, like, that we're there. And so we're just sitting there cooking burgers waiting for the swell of fucking waiting for in the right time. But, you know, that's what's really cool about growing up around here is that you have access to like that kind of shit. Like yeah. San Clemente Island. I don't know if I should say it's Skunk Point. Like freaking yeah. Channel, like, yeah. Channel Islands. Like that kind of stuff. Marmettos, like, you know, and that's the coolest thing and that's really like what like My lifestyle was designed around like being able to, I don't want to be a boat captain. What I want to be is have access to all these little spots, being able to go out and freaking lobster dive and be able to go catch fish, be able to go surf San Clemente Island, go be able to surf Skunk Point and like have access to my backyard, which is like the national forest for me, which is so yeah, was, I mean, it's dude, and, so and the special. thing is, is there's caves, and there's freaking hieroglyphics, and there's so much shit, and there's so much history out yeah. there, and it's fucking really cool. And right now, in my life, I mean, I wish I was younger, but like, for the last ten years, I've been able to do that with like some of my best friends, like go out, and fucking surf San Clemente Island when it's fucking heavy. Watching Navy SEALs just go fucking over the rails and fucking tumble and not even fucking care. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, that guy just took off on a 20 foot wave and tumbled down the face and didn't even phase him. Comes out of sight. You know? Yeah. Like, you know? But, like, you know, those are like Kirk Blackman, dude. The guy influences me, dude. I saw that guy fucking get seven in and outs on one wave fucking out of the Channel Islands. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. This guy, AJ, fucking charges, too. like. But that's the cool thing about living where we live. Having our backyard and having, like, hey, during the pandemic, everybody bought a wetsuit. Everybody surfs. you go to fucking Blackies, you can't even fucking paddle out. Yeah. And, like, being yeah, able to have the fucking access now and be able to get out there and, like, be more in the wild, wild. It's like, freaking, if you lived in Colorado... Yeah, you got your little ski lift right here, but back guess country. what? I got backcountry, yeah. dude, and doing cool shit. And that's what Which I feel is a whole like. other world, and those that's that, the world it, that don't I don't know. That's the world I want to live in. Yeah, and, and that's the whole idea. Set up that, and like, you know, obviously, if I can have a solid crew of friends that you can trust, that will oh, fucking pull you up if you get down, dude, or right. whatever. But that's the funnest part about it
0: so what what are
2: you writing like what kind of boards are you writing now? short boards out there dude like yeah. I should be writing way. I remember said Joey Marshall he could paddle into any fucking wave on any board dude it doesn't matter like yeah. the guy's a fucking little scrappy motherfucker dude he'd be pulling into barrels that he could put a fucking semi truck in you know and he's like if you get one just go don't <laughs> worry just go and I'm on a stretch like a 6-3 stretch 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 board, yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. you know. And I'm fucking pounding as hard as I can. Finally get up, and I'm bouncing on the lip a little bit, but I'm in, you know. And I just remember dropping in, and like, dude, there's fucking rocks inside there, like big boulders. And I do a big bottom turn, and who comes right next to me? <laughs> fucking Joey, and I go, <laughs> and I look at him, and I just did a fucking bottom turn, and I almost lost speed, you know, where I like got sucked up in the barrel. I got the biggest barrel of my life, and he's just like, go. Next thing I know, I fucking get spit out of the barrel. I'm looking up. He's crawling on the rocks with his leash on on the inside, like, no big deal, dude. Yeah. Like, any other day, like, yeah, rock hopping, like, not big deal. Yeah, like, dude, I'd be dead, dude. My brains would be splattered against the wall in there, like, you know, so, but that's what makes it, dude, being out there on the Pacific Ocean and having fucking, like, good friends like that. Like and, and makes it, life worthwhile. Yeah, dude, that's yeah. what it's all about. And those are special moments.
1: I mean, that's, that's what you... So cool. That's that's what you envision with, with like, growing up with the old school guys that just... That's what they... What's you're, so cool. you're
0: creating yeah. the the shit that uh Knife was
1: talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And
2: the thing was, is those guys didn't really have the access to do it. Newport and Laguna and La Jolla and the Blacks... That was their access because they had a sixty fifty seven chevy dude yeah you know and now we got freaking boats and we got this so we, now we can track storms we can do whatever and that's what makes it freaking like it's like a game of battleship with yeah. fishing and surfing like you're playing the wind you're playing the tide you're playing the moon you're playing everything everything is a factor when yeah. you're dealing with it
1: and it's expensive yeah, yeah, it's expensive, but it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now your empire
0: is Crystal Cove. Is that is So,
2: that... so we have three Bear Flags. Okay. We have Lido, Crystal Cove, and Huntington, and then we have two Wild Tacos, Laguna, and Newport, the original Bear Flag spot. Where's the one in Laguna? It's right on the corner of Forest and Coast Highway. Okay. So awesome. I, I didn't the,
1: used to hang out at that. But it used to be previous... the old
2: Johnny Rockets. You know? <laughs> the old Johnny Rockets. Okay. It's not the little shrimp, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he's getting
0: at right there. The little, like, <laughs> I, I never even heard of it. Boom, boom, run. Yeah,
3: boom, boom. I, I never even heard of it. So. And
2: then, and then we have Circle Hook that's down in Lido Village. That's dude. our little oyster awesome. spot. So, right now, because of the pandemic, we're focusing... I'm rebuilding this restaurant right now and it's fucking it's gonna be amazing, but the Crystal Cove. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It is so crazy how much it's gonna cost.
1: Dude. But that that's a very affluent area with with great traffic. Yeah. You got Mastros, yeah, you got a, you got Yeah, Javier's blasters. We have a built in clientele. Yeah, yeah. You you have people that just don't they just wanna come down the hill and straight there and then yeah right back up.
0: Oh, I feel like Bear flight today. I feel like master well, people
2: are mountain biking back there, hiking, and yeah. yeah. going walk on the beach. Well, just I mean, look at every day. We're trying to support the healthy lifestyle, dude. That's a, it. Yeah, the state parks right for, there are going trying to be like somewhat reasonable in price. Yeah, you know, like where you can go there for lunch and not feel like you're fucking getting completely ripped off. Yeah. For
1: what it is. Well, yeah. Well, you know, eating fresh, healthy, you know, food not to, it's not cheap, but it's again you're you know you're saving your patrons by not having the, the extravagant sit down but is the new crystal cove like a full sit down like waiters no no we're no. gonna get that crazy but. Gonna keep <laughs> it. yeah you don't do waiters right <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah hey if
2: you want something go get it is yeah. my motto
1: you know which which makes it well a lot more inviting and, and kind of like low-key and you know kind of more you know, well, dude, personal. the worst
2: is waiting for somebody to come fucking serve you something that you fucking can get up and get yourself. Yeah. If you're capable. Like, I get sometimes, like, if you're at a fucking high-end restaurant, but, dude, we're not doing
1: that. Yeah. You just want people to come. I want to make enjoy. it convenient. You want the food,
2: the star. I want Yeah, I want to make it convenient as possible, but at the same time, I don't want you to sit there and go, fucking... Excuse me, yeah. Can I get another chopstick? Mine fell on the ground. Like fucking get up and get your own chopsticks, dude. Like, yeah, you can get your own chopsticks. And your kids chopstick fell on the ground, get their fucking chopstick too. Because like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cater to like everybody's need, especially the way Newport, sorry, is turning into Like I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. Like, let's make this fucking well, a little you bit. You carved more your raw. niche
1: and it's been successful yeah. and why change? I change. Like you know, like hey yeah. I If I go change, it's going to look like these other four restaurants i got to compete at, and this is who we are, and this is what we're going to stick to.
2: Yeah. And the thing is, is we can get more convenient, and we can make it more efficient, and that's the goal. Yeah. Make it more efficient where it's more inviting and easy for the customer. But at the same time, freaking Wahoo's, they freaking had their motto, and that worked forever. Yeah. So we're going to stick to our motto, you know?
0: Well, I... Man, it, it's Hawaii so
1: fish market, dude. It's awesome.
2: <laughs>
0: it's so cool to hear your story because uh, you know, there, there's there's similarities to the people that we've interviewed in the past. You know, Wahoos, we had we had yeah, uh, Wing, Wing. Yeah. on the show, we had uh, Joe Bard, yeah Bonsai Bowls, Bulls and, and yeah. it's like you guys forged a way, your own way, and you've stuck to it you know like and you you hear
1: your brand is criticism
0: like you hear like advice and and you know some of it you take and then some of it you're like no like that's not the way I want to do it yeah. I'm going to do it this way because hey, that's what works if
2: you're good at what you do you don't really have to take outside judgment yeah. You know what I mean? You think Kelly Slater takes outside judgment from anybody? No, he does not. I know. <laughs> I know. Because he fucking knows what he's doing. And I'm sure he's a step ahead of whatever the fucking next
3: thing is. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: you know? It's like, you gotta be confident and you gotta know what you're doing. Yeah. And once you have that, then it's gold. Then you gotta be able to micromanage and yeah. take people on your wing and actually teach other people how to do it and that's well, the, you, hard you
1: part. Know, the more you have the more you need you know better supporting crew and, and, yeah. and yeah. people you know that
0: help so you you kind of mentioned we're in your like wholesale distribution, distribution. Yeah. yeah and you're distributing to
2: other restaurants and fish. our own restaurants we distribute to all our restaurants sick if you guys want to do a quick tour you can say again if you want to do a quick tour, you can. I think maybe everybody went home, but they're probably all, all yeah. home. But
0: yeah, I mean, that that's
2: yeah. I mean, amazing. We'll that... we'll have freaking. I got a thirty by thirty walk in. I mean, we'll get eighteen swordfish on one trip. I mean, if I don't have a warehouse, dude, <laughs> where, where are you going to put eighteen swordfish? I mean, it's yeah, not going to fit in the trunk of my Tesla. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking a lot of fish. Yeah. And we're buying from a bunch of local fishermen too. So, like, I mean, bluefin, yellowtail, dorado—I mean, it's endless. The amount of local fish that is coming in yeah, out—that's awesome. And I, I, are you running it all yourself? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is I got a good team. When you got a team, like and people are good at what they do yeah it's a team it's like dude you know like what if you're not the star soccer player on the team just because you score all the goals doesn't mean that you don't have people assisting you all day long yeah absolutely literally there is a huge team behind this that's awesome which behind hr and it has to turn into that and i've grown it into that i've had to You get a target on your back as you grow, you know? Well, yeah. All all of a sudden, you're like, "Um, I need backup. One of the things
0: that we want to promote with not just surf shops and, and all the people that we interview is like, you've created
2: livelihoods for hundreds of people. Oh, yeah. You know? And they've gone on to be architects, engineers. It's a stepping stone to get to where they wanna go in their life. And that's all I, and I tell them that all the time. I go, I know this is not your career. I know you're here for a short time, but you know what? If you keep them as family, they come back in five years and be like, yeah, I started family, I'm married, I'm an architect, I'm this, I'm that. If you ever need any interior design, I'm an interior designer, if you ever need this, so you really no, create a yeah. family for sure, and, and that's how you gotta keep the vibe if you don't do that and you treat people like they're just fucking everyday labor fucking workers that is not the point of having community
1: yeah, yeah. not just a the number they're part of the family
2: and how, how that, many people do you employ I, awesome. so before the pandemic it was like 300 and so we're at like I think like 220 right now
1: Dang. But we need more. (laughs) Yeah. Hard to find good labor. Well, you you, you have, we
2: got such a good team that I'm not worried about it. Like, we have a really good team, but it's just filling in the blanks is really hard, you know?
3: Yeah.
1: Wild. Would you ever thought, like, Uh, from 2007 to 222, you'd be like, you'd have 300 plus employees at one point? Yeah,
0: it's a, honestly, like,
1: it's a really
0: fucking amazing, you know, Cinderella story that you worked hard to to build. Yeah, but it's so cool because like you're a surfer, for the you know for one, and and well uh,
3: that's where the soul
2: comes from. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's what people don't realize is freaking. That's where it all starts, dude. Is having the fucking soul and having that vibe is something that you you're not born with. You freaking maybe some people are born with it but you learn it from growing up in like a beach environment where from learning from older people and they embed that in you yeah and it's important dude soul is everything
1: yeah and I think the beach the coastal community is like definitely feels like it's got a lot more soul than other you know like it's just definitely like people live here because whether they're surfers or not like you know obviously it's it's beautiful and, and expensive but you know like I think it draws out a lot of like history 100%. and you know that coastal vibe is, is something where they they sell it everywhere where there is no coast. Like, they do do? they sell our lifestyle everywhere around the world.
0: What 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 boards are you riding right, right now?
2: So uh, raw machado, uh, freaking what, what is it Seaside. called? Seaside. Seaside. Nice. Seaside. I mean, it depends. Uh, Kelly Slater, uh, KSR, wave pool.
0: Yeah, you like yeah. going
2: there? Yeah, I've been there a couple of times. <laughs> so <laughs> saying, no. We've been there a couple of times too. So sick, dude. Yeah. But so, but I got a couple of Russell's single fins. That are fun just to get out nice. there. Like, so my daughter's twelve, and so I got her a little Russell too. So sweet. Like I'll surf the little fun board of Russell, you yeah. know. But I like riding more fish style boards. Yeah. Like for right Go fast. Yeah. In, in, fun. in my life. So the seaside's freaking awesome, you know. What is it like a five eight?
0: Yeah, I ride a couple different boards that are yeah. all kind of the same shape but different. Yeah, I ride fishes. I, I have a spark plug from Tim Stamps. I haven't have that. A, a zip Xanadu from Xanadu. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple like normal, almost short board. You know, high performance. Gotta have a lot of boards. JS I have a lot of board. JS Industries.
2: Yeah, what, and, what are they gonna the uh, crypto? I'm sorry, dude. I know a lot of people. Like no, dude. Who but cares? That fucking when you spring off the bottom turn on one of those hipto cryptos. Yeah. You just can't have any chop with those things. But those boards are so freaking fast. And if you everybody the, was riding them if for if fucking the, a long time. If you now. set the fins up, like uh, yeah, the bats, like and all that, like you know, like with the stretch boards and all that were super fun. But, like, the Hypto crypto once they start, like, because it's just like a little almond shape, like... Yeah. yeah. But the thing it's, it's did where you creating, do
0: a two plus one, like...
2: Yeah. Two big things in the
0: Yeah. Dude,
2: but, That's, like, the the best... But with the small trail fin, dude. Yeah. I like the smaller fin yeah, in the here. back. Where you can freaking release. Yeah. And, like...
0: It's like riding the fastest shortboard... But you're on a fish. Yeah,
2: but you get up on your feet so, like, it's just like, because of epoxy, you paddle in and it's just like, dude, I yeah. mean,
1: at this age, you just want to go fast. And then the faster yeah. you go, the better the boards work, anyways. So when like, was that
0: first time you surfed the ranch, Surf Ranch?
1: I surfed it.
2: Um, the, uh, when was this? Like, I think it was two years when there was a fire there. I don't know if you remember, but, no. like, you could document it. It was on the fire, I think it was two years ago. And I went with a bunch of real estate guys. And my roommate, Dave Solman, rips its roof, you a surfing goofy foot. He's the guy that I told you that I could paddle out at South Michigan with a Jetty. And yeah. everybody would be like, Yeah, yeah dude. Yep. You, what's up, Dave? How's it going? And then I would take off and get the best left of my whole life, fucking sliding tail. And they'd be like, Yeah, go home. You and then I just paddle right back out and just wait, wait, wait. And I, I knew what to do. Yeah, it's just fucking part of the deal. But so anyway, he booked it at the Surf Ranch. But he's in real estate. He lives up in LA. And he brought all these like fifty-year-old, six-year-old fucking real estate yeah. guys. So i you you I'm just, just fucking heat and these guys miss fucking the miss every wave, every which way. I got forty-five waves my first time there. I couldn't believe it. I was just like this is it. this is it. this is not poaching. This <laughs> yeah. is just like and you know what to tell you? I didn't even like having the first wave because it, all the like tension of like, all the pressure. Yeah. This is your wave. And then when you're like, "Oh, this guy fell I'm fucking, it felt like I was at 54, fucking taking off on a wave, you know what I mean? Yeah, 40
0: waves on your first day. Oh,
2: dude, it was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. Oh my God. Nobody could fucking say, and I went, I don't know if you know the DJ Cascade,
1: but he's fucking
2: a very famous DJ. Him and Dead Mouse are like fucking about the same. DJ Cascade, okay. Cascade is bigger than Dead Mouse. Okay. (laughs) So he was with us at it, and he, first time surfing. And, dude, he was fucking ripping on this fucking lawn. And he'd never even surfed before. And he was catching waves. But, dude, these other guys fucking couldn't do How many so people? 12? Like, 10? There was freaking very limited, dude. These yeah. guys had There was Ferraris in the parking <laughs> lot. Like, dude, these guys were, like, coming out. Like, $600 waves <laughs> were like, whatever. Well, yeah, these guys did not give a shit, dude. Like, And I was in my Suburban going, like, oh, my God. I can't believe I got fucking 40. Best trip later. ever. It was
1: the best trip ever.
3: How
2: weird is it? Dude, I, 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 that time, I just was getting barreled because I didn't know and then the second time I went, I wanted to start doing turns because I thought I, I was like, why would I do that when I could just get barreled the whole time? Like, what a fucking idiot. Yeah. It's so much better instead of trying to, like, yeah, do a couple turns, but just fucking sit there in the barrel and get fucking barreled and then come out and do a turn and then get barreled again. Like, why try to race the wave and then it gets kind of fucking weird. Dude,
0: this guy thinks he's like... Kelly Slater? Yeah, he does <laughs> think he's Kelly Slater. And he's doing huge I'm hacks. I'm not going
1: to go straight, dude.
0: Huge hacks and power turns. And he's falling and I'm just like,
1: dude, you just wasted... I know. W- going straight is a waste of a wave. Put <laughs> it this way. I'm never
2: doing that again. I'm going just getting straight. barreled and fucking dropping down. That place is... It's so funny. Have I'm you gone to other places? Other way pools? Yeah, I've been to uh, Waco Waco like nice. three times. Nice. I like you know, I, I go to Tiki Howell and uh, Tahiti. Mm. I don't know if you've ever heard of that spot. Well. No. But that's one of my favorite waves get little tiki, getaway. Tiki out it's yeah. a fucking right hand. There's a left, too. The left's like pipeline. That's fucking gnarly. It's, oh, I dive over there in Spearfish. I surf the
1: right. Best of both worlds over
3: there. Oh, it's just like it's super cool.
2: fucking fun. It is one of the best waves. If you fucking check it out, like I can send you some clips of it, dude. It is just fucking... And the the best part about the whole wave is that it's a fucking keyhole of a atoll. You know? And so the river fucking coming out because the the water laps over the edges of it. So it fills up. So there's all, always water rushing out. So when you kick out of the wave, you don't fucking paddle in the middle, but stay on the side. It takes you all the way back out to the lineup. And then you just paddle right. And it's like a chairlift. Oh, and like then that? you just paddle to the right and you're at the peak again and you're fucking boom. So and you it. can surf for fucking three hours straight and you don't get fucking tired at all. It's a wave pool. It's a wavefall. <laughs> it, it is so fun. And if you get tired, you go in on the beach, there's pond from like little like hut. Yeah. You take pictures of your buddies and fucking drink coconuts and fucking hang
1: out. The dream life over yeah. there. <laughs> well, we gotta wrap this up. Yeah, Congratulations yeah, Thanks, on yeah, everything. Amazing. I wanna end with a quote I pulled off your, your bear flag site. There's nothing better than going out in nature, harvesting food with your own hands and providing it to the people you love. Right there. Bear yeah. flag. Yeah. That's
0: mixing business with pleasure. Right? That is right there.
1: Yeah. Best of both I've been worlds.
2: doing it my whole life. I've loved doing it. Well, dude, I'm hey. never going to stop doing it, dude. That's it. Congrats, Toss. dude. Thank Honestly, so like,
0: that was an amazing story. Yeah. Congrats on the,
1: you know, yeah. success. Not all me, yeah. me and they yeah. are going to sword fight later. Bro, yeah. thank hey, you. Linden.
2: Hey, but if you fucking lacquer, dude, you, you do anything you want with them, dude. Look it up. You going to fucking on it, dude. I'm check it out. Good. But if you fill this with a surfboard resin.
0: Thank you, sir. Dude. But hey, thanks to Ashlyn. 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 Thank you, Ashlyn. Wait, yeah, what, what Thank is that? you.
1: Mango strawberries, so good. Dude, dude, dude. Thank you, Left Coast Novelties. They make our hats
0: for us. Um, we also have other party gifts here. Uh, you know Kevin Meehan. I
2: know Kevin.
0: Yeah. So Kevin hooks us up with Just Live.
2: What's up, Kevin? You got some
0: CBD. Hi, Kevin. Um, you know Strider Wasilewski.
2: Strider's my boy.
0: Strider's your boy. you probably surfed at Tahiti place
2: with them. Awesome? <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> some shade I've sunscreen. Said, I've, I've surfed Taveroo with him, though. I'm sure you have. He um, is a fucking badass. I actually saw tears come out of his eyes there. Oh
0: really? Yeah.
2: Saw tears said. come out of his eyes. Yeah, I That's think so. Because drowned. it was huge. Yeah. Dude. And, and foul break.
0: And one last uh, bonsai bowls.
2: Sick. Dude. Okay, well I'm gonna hook you guys up, dude. <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm gonna hook you guys up. Let me see. But hey, up. dude. Happy boy. holidays. Fuck yeah. Thank yeah. you. I know. I know it's holiday season. This is yeah.
0: awesome. Uh, I'm gonna launch this tomorrow,
1: so okay so he needs your i need some, photo some photos type. and whatever you can, you can okay, send we can so do tomorrow. okay do you have um
2: just leave everything dude peace cool?
1: bonsai bowls hands down the best bowls period seven locations two in hawaii five in southern california bonsai bowls go get some caliente southwest grill clean
0: healthy mexican food Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker.
1: They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more
0: independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com Foo is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Foo Wax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer surf entertainment thoughtful writing surf videos music and fresh hell for the core surf community remember it's not the end of
1: the world subscribe and check it all out at inherentbummer.com. thanks for tuning in we hope you enjoyed the show please give us a five-star rating and spread the word special thanks to our good friends james williams for our
3: awesome artwork and justin reynolds for the amazing music